0: Hello and welcome to the Untranslatable podcast. Today we have a very special teacher's edition, tips for new teachers and things I wish I would have known when I began as a teacher a few years ago. Um, Although this is my first year working full-time as a teacher, I have been teaching for the last four to five years. Um, So it's been a long learning curve, but uh, I hope to give you guys some good nuggets of knowledge. I'm curious to hear what uh, my fellow co-host Jared's insights are to um, teachers that he's had and some things that uh, maybe are tips from him, giving us a nice outsider perspective, which will be great. So we're looking forward to bringing this episode to you today. Um, and it's not only for teachers, but I think this will also be, there will definitely be some nuggets of knowledge uh, just for life in general as well. So uh, so it should be an enjoyable episode and we're looking forward to it. So Jared, what's been going on, buddy?
1: Hello back in my Harry Potter closet Harry Potter <laughs> Studio excuse me I, I there I've <laughs> that's, that's trademark I right I Harry Potter <laughs> Studio it is yeah no I was going to say no one else can use it that's not true anyone can use it just for a small fee of $10,000 um, you can use Harry Potter Studios it's almost more like a you know how like you know there's a bunch of Trump hotels but all he does mm. is really just like you know sell it his name right Harry Potter Studios Granted, <laughs> this is not a great business plan uh, because um I owe uh JK Rowling a lot of money. So please follow us on Twitter, uh Untranslatable One, follow us on Instagram, Untranslatable Podcast. Email us, untranslatable at gmail.com, and you can also spread a little love and give us five star reviews on iTunes and Stitcher. That was smooth.
0: That was smooth. Whew.
1: Um so you know, um, while, while people are listening to this, I am uh, in my bed. Well, I'm not in bed. I'm at work, <laughs> not paying attention to anyone or anything that has to do with work. <laughs> just shaking, like, let me get out of here, staring at my watch as it slowly ticks. And um, I was thinking, I've been thinking, I, like— should I be doing some sort of preparation or anything? <laughs> I've done no sort of research, preparation, nothing, and um, it seems foolish of me to be so unprepared. But you I mean just for the trip. Yeah. Or do you mean for you being gone? For the trip. What do you mean for me for being trip. gone? Oh, you mean for like work
0: related? Right, work
1: related. No, and then like they don't need you me. know <laughs> who's getting your who's
0: getting your mail you know all mail. that fun stuff. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't. Get,
1: all I get is garbage mail. <laughs> there there you go. There <laughs> it's you more go. just for the trip like I feel uh, like I should do some sort of preparation.
0: Well, what what kind of preparation would you like wanna want to do?
1: Maybe have some plans. You know, maybe preparation would be like um a good well, I don't know, I feel like anything you would know, like good places to eat food would be interesting. Right. Um what I, 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 I can tell you right now. I just don't I know anything Prague. about. I just don't know anything about these cities other than what I've heard and what you've told right. me. And I wonder if I right. should go into it a little bit more prepared and not just prepare, uh, not just rely on you to be the uh, tour guide. Right, and and you're welcome to do that. I would not be offended. Well, not if you— That's very true. I know I am. I just right, <laughs> just <lazy>. right, <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> you, you, you and me both, buddy. Um, I mean, I guess the the one place where it wouldn't hurt for you to do a little bit of research would be Berlin. Okay. Otherwise, Prague will be fine. Um, there's so many great places in Prague. I mean, so, so what I did this weekend, I was in Prague scouting the area for Jared. And, uh, it's just for me? Just for you. Okay. See, trying to find some good places. Um, was also going to meet up with a couple of my friends, but they were busy. So I had the whole evening free by myself, so I was walking around. Um, and, you know, when I go to Prague... Generally, I avoid the tourist areas like the plague, right? Mm -hmm. Because I've seen most of them. You know, I've been to Old Town. I've been to the Charles Bridge, which are still places we're going to go because they're worth seeing for sure. Right. Um, But there's a a street in Prague called uh, Dloha. Dloha, I can't say it right now for some reason. (laughs) It's Czech for Long. It's like the Long Street. And basically, it's a street with all these more touristy bars and clubs and things like this. And I've always avoided it because there's a lot of really cool, you know, especially Czech pubs I like to go to. Um, But I wanted to check them out to see if they are what they're cracked up to be. You know, are they worth visiting? Because I think sometimes it's good to do some of the touristy stuff and try to do some of the more local stuff. Have you never seen these places before? I've never been into them before. I've oh, okay. walked by them. So uh, there's a bar okay. for exa- there's a bar, for example, called oh, all these uh, bars on the streets.
1: You mean? I thought you exactly. meant some of the like the um, actual like um, landmark things. the sites. I've yeah. seen pretty much all the sites
0: and landmarks. Right, right, right. Um, I figure. But the cool thing is one of the reasons why I'm excited for you to come visit is a lot of the landmarks because I've seen them before. I don't really go back to see them. Right. So it's no- sometimes it's nice to revisit things. Mm-hmm. You get mm-hmm. a different perspective on it. You know. Mm-hmm um but anyway so, so i went yeah to, what kind of places uh,
1: did you stumble upon
0: so i went to deloha and there uh they had uh it's called the james dean bar mm-hmm. and it's an american diner upstairs downstairs it's like a <laughs> nightclub or, or like a big dance floor and they play like oldies so it was really cool um it was really really cool it was mostly uh british tourists and I had to really fight. This sounds awful, by the way. I, I, had, to, I, had, to, <laughs> I had to really fight not like mimicking
1: their accents.
0: <laughs> like, I really wanted to go up to them and be like, where are right. you from?
1: <laughs> right.
0: What, what are you doing here? Like, You're you taking, you taking the piss. That's what they'd right. say to you. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. But anyway, so, so I checked that place out. Um, and then there's, so this is the crazy story, though. Um, well, I have a couple of crazy Am stories. Am I wrong Some in thinking
1: them, that sounds terrible? By the way,
0: <laughs> I mean, I think it's fun for a little. Like the music was really good there. Okay, the music was, and I think it's, I think it's worth going for like a drink and just right. to check it out. But I yeah, I don't mind that. But I think a lot of people frequent that place. A lot of even there were a couple checks there. Not many, but there were a couple. Um, but anyways, what's interesting is so I went, I went to uh, James Dean, and then uh, before that though. You know, I was walking around by myself. I was stone cold sober. So I thought, mm, maybe it'd be good to have a beer or two before I just go to these random mm-hmm. night bars, uh, uh, nightclubs and bars. That's a note for um, all children. Right. Before you do anything, uh, <laughs> make sure
1: you get a little lubricated.
0: That's right. That's right. And so so I went to this place also on Daloha. Um, I need to stop saying that because I can't say it right. <laughs> um, but I, I, I went there and it's called Beer Story. I think it's supposed to be like history, but like beer instead of hiss, right? Mm. Or, so, anyways, Clever. so I go in there and uh, I sit down to order a beer and I realize it's like empty and the chairs are up. And I'm like, oh crap, I must have walked in right before they closed. And so I walk in and uh, and what's really funny is the waitress says, you know, just so you know, we're closing, you know, this will be your first and your last beer. So I was like, all right, you know, that's fine. They're Does she closing. Say like that right. it
1: seems aggressive. Yeah, I mean, she. Okay. I think
0: it's it's probably a language thing, right? She was yeah, probably, Czech, probably, probably. And you know, Czech probably. is. I think it seems like it's a bit more of a. direct be language be your first, English. and it'll be your last. Exactly. Well, I can tell you, Jared, it was not my first. Well, it was my first. <laughs> it was not. It was, it was not my last. It was not my last. Um, so I sat down, had a beer. They had a really good Hefeweizen, and this mm-hmm. was from a microbrewery in. I think it's called, Bromi. It's either Bromi or Brownie one or the other, in the Czech Republic. I couldn't even tell you where it is. <laughs> this is so much but, fun hearing you uh, say all of these. <laughs> right. And so, so I, ha- I had one beer, and then the, the waitress and the other two bartenders had, had their own beers. They poured themselves, you know, I guess like a good night beer or something. And she looks at me. They were all speaking Czech, and she looks at me, and she goes, jeste jedno, in Czech, which means like another round or another one. Mm-hmm. And I, I answer, I said, I'm <laughs> And you should have seen the look on their faces. They were shocked. And, uh, and, and, and and then they and then they were talking to me and so I, I made small talk with the two bartenders there. Uh, their names are Jan and um Tomáš, really nice guys. No. And so I told them you were coming and I found out what day they're working and we're going to go in when they work there. All right. So I'm gonna go good. say what up to my new homies at Beer Story. And the other funny thing is Would you did uh, they speak English? Oh, very good English. Okay. I try I tried to flex a little bit of my check on them. My mm-hmm. favorite thing to tell people in check is I've been learning Czech for five months. I don't even say it right. It's very broken Czech, but it's basically, um, I study Czech five months. And I don't know if it's grammatically correct. To all of our Czech listeners, what I tell people is, Ucím se česky piet which means, I'm studying Czech five months. I don't know mm. if they use full... I don't know what the grammar is. Because <laughs> but most of my it. Czech lessons... Right. Most of my Czech lessons are just trying to talk. Because mm-hmm. I, don't really, I don't really care about the grammar. I don't, I don't need it for the most part, right? Many fregista. And I love, I love seeing the, the utter shock on people's faces when I tell them five months. Because they can't believe it.
1: That you can say, oh, that, that's only five months of Czech?
0: No, they can, I think they think that Czech is... Because most foreigners, sadly, don't try to learn it. Right. Because there's a stigma, it, it is a difficult language, right? Mm-hmm. But I think it's worth learning. Even just the basics, I think it's worth learning. Which is why I've been teaching you all this random Czech uh, during our Czech words of
1: the pod. Sometimes um, I, th- I just think about random Czech words in my head. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. You're, you're getting ready for this trip in all the best ways. But yeah, so it was cool, though,
0: to speak Czech with them a little bit and, uh, and get to know them. And then after that, I went to this bar called, bar slash nightclub called Chapeau Rouge, and uh, they the had like a it was interesting, they had a dance, they had an upstairs, chateau then a middle floor. Chapeau? chapeau? What's chapeau with a P? I have no idea. Mm. You're 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 the guy I would go to with the French question, uh, yeah, so I cha- don't uh, know.
1: I've never heard of chapeau, I've heard of chateau,
0: right? I have, yeah, I have no idea, but so chapeau rouge, and they have a like an upstairs bar, a, a oh, middle floor. Oh, red hat. Oh, that makes sense. Because when you walk in, you see a logo with a guy with like a top hat and it's a, a red light. So mm. that makes sense. There you go. Um, there you go. So anyway, so, so they have a bar on the top floor. Middle floor is like a dance floor. Bottom floor is like a basement bar with also another dance floor. Um, mm. And so, so that place was pretty cool. There were some tourists, but there were mostly checks there. Which is interesting because it's right in the heart of that whole street right there. It's in Old Town. An Old Town is where you're going to see the most tourists. My favorite spots, which I'm going to take you to, are Prague 2 and Prague 3. Because Prague 2 and Prague 3, for the most part, is mostly Czechs. However, in Prague 2, there are some dorms, I believe, for one of the, like, I think it's like New York University Prague. So you will find some Americans there, but not a lot of them.
1: NYU has a campus in Prague. Is that what you mean? It's 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 NYU
0: something Prague yeah it's it's like a yeah yep so who knew well I guess a lot of people knew probably Uh, but yeah
1: you know another thing about um are 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 those all the places you went to um now I'm trying to think I mean the other stuff I was just kind of walking around. How is it um, just wandering and, and just deciding a place to go and to just sniff it out? Like, do you enjoy that? Do you enjoy this it. sort of... Loved cause every that's, second that's the of thing, it. You keep saying you're doing this for, for me and Don and stuff. But um, <laughs> I, 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 all I wanted, was, I kept thinking, I was like, what? Well, like, this sounds like something that you'd love to do. Like, you'd... <laughs> See, that, that's <laughs> like the you made, thing. you made it seem like it was some sort of sacrifice. <laughs> oh, it was not a sacrifice at all whatsoever. No, no, no.
0: But the, I guess the thing that you're I like, like oh, about God. it is I like the feeling of you have complete freedom. You know, yeah. not that I'm not I'm super excited for you and Don to come visit, we're gonna have a great time. But there's something different too when almost every time I go to Prague, I'm visiting friends, which is great. But when you're with friends, sometimes you know you gotta make compromises. You you might not be able to do all the things you want to do. And that and night I could go and see and do whatever the hell I wanted.
1: And no offense to you. But you I mean this is a, a good a good and both a good and bad thing about you is mm-hmm. you're, you're very aware of like what other people want to do and always trying to worry about what other people want to do. So I can imagine True. when you're with other people, you a lot of what you would choose to do is probably not going to be the first thing that is going to be happening because you're yeah. always very whatever yeah, yeah. you guys want to do. Right. And um, I, try I can to be. imagine and, and I can imagine you being alone, yeah, just having that, that ultimate freedom and just being able right. to go wherever you want. And it, it was funny. I almost went into the secret bar, the one I've we talked about
0: on the pod a few mm-hmm, times.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I walked by the door and I thought about it. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to go there tonight. I want to go to some new places. Right. I want to walk around. I spent like a good 45 minutes just wandering around. It was great. That was just, see, I love that, especially yeah, it, like on a on
1: like a um was a Saturday night. Saturday night, yeah. It was it's and the weather wasn't too watching. bad. Exactly.
0: And like I said, there were so many British people. It was I really wanted to go up to them and be like, "How oh, you do?" I'm like I can't do a
1: British accent, <laughs> but, but you, you know. know, exactly. They they immediately be like, "What are you? What are you? What are you doing right you now?" Yo, Anka, what what <laughs> what are you trying to do right now? I feel like my British accent sounds so much better when I can't hear myself through my headphones. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably true. Probably true. I swear to God it sounds so much better when I'm not like actively thinking about it here. Right. But whenever I try to do it here, it's like you've never even, you've ne- you can't do this. It's terrible. What, what's uh, funny is I will tell, uh,
0: if, I, if I start to talk with a British accent, somehow it always turns Australian. I don't know how. Hmm. By the end Australian. of the sentence, it sounds yeah. way more Australian.
1: Sometimes I, I get some Jamaican my... in there. What? Sometimes I get some Jamaican in there.
0: Oh, there you go. Uh, a good trick for Jamaican is, if, is you say, non, really. <laughs> um, if you say, "If you say
1: beer, beer can. can,
0: yeah, yeah, beer yeah. can." Is we that with a British word. accent? I've seen, mean, I've seen that me.
1: I've seen that meme can? story. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, it Turns out being Jamaican B- for bacon. B- yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. One more thing about uh, this trip, though. Is there? I, I, do you ever have this before? Like, a, I'm sure you do not think about it. Uh, Like, I, I kind of have that constant feeling that I'm forgetting something. You know what I mean? Uh huh. Sure. Where it's like, where it's like, I've checked to make sure my passports there like five times. It's like, all right, mm-hmm. no one's broken in my house in the middle of the night or while I'm at work and <laughs> right, stolen it. Right, okay, right. good right. to know. <laughs> okay, it's still valid. It hasn't mm. somehow expired between now and the last time I look at it. The date hasn't changed. Right. Uh, I'm actually not doing that. That's the kind of an exaggeration. But um, st- I-, I am like constantly thinking, like, am I forgetting something? I don't know. I just I-, I feel almost feel like I'm too calm. Do you ever have a feeling of too calm? Too calm? Yeah. Well, now now it's just normal because I'm not you know? even really like I'm just excited. I'm not even really thinking about like all that stuff. I was like, I mean, I have clothes. I have like I have a toothbrush and stuff. Like, what else do I need? Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> and
0: I mean, even even if you forgot something, we'll be in we'll be in such big cities that you could easily find it. Exactly. Yeah. So, so I think that adds to the calmness of it. Um, Yeah. And for me as well, because I've been traveling to Prague and other places around here, I pretty much know exactly what I need to pack, how much. Um, And it's, it's become a, it's not even, it's become second nature, more or less. Mm -hmm. You know, I take my Osprey backpack. um, Shout out to Osprey. And uh, (laughs) they uh, really need to
1: start paying us or something. Right. Yeah. No kidding. Even, I told you, Brad, Brad recommended, he's like, hey, why don't you, I was told, when I was looking for the backpack I got, he's mm-hmm. like, hey, have you considered the uh, the Osprey backpack? I was like, you heard about that from Chad. <laughs> he's like, oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> I was like, yeah, hey, no, he told right. me that. Yeah, no, right. I, I thought about it. Um, my, my,
0: my dad bought one when they came to visit, and it was great. Yeah. worked out
1: great for him. Well, so. that's the thing, is I don't travel internationally often, but I travel fairly often, like, not often, but regularly. And right. I I have my packing down to a science pretty much, and I think what I kind of have in my head is that like just because I'm going international doesn't mean that that's much different. Like why does that have to change? Right, it, it really doesn't. I mean the, the the only thing I worry about. I don't have any plush. That's the thing. I
0: just did think about that today. Oh, you might want to get. Um, well, well, I you s- probably you probably just need the adapters. You don't need the actual converters, do you?
1: I don't know. Because I mean, you tell me, you're the one that you lives there.
0: <laughs> well, like I didn't bring any. So, so the difference between an adapt, you know, the difference between an adapter and a converter, right? Uh, for the for the listeners, please. So, <laughs> very smooth. So, so, so an adapter is basically just it. You plug in your usual plug, um, and it has a different shape, right? So in right. Europe they have the two prongs. I know circles. the which,
1: I know the difference by look. Yeah, yeah. So I, that's I don't really adapter. know where's the limit in usage is what mm-hmm. I don't know.
0: So an adapter you use with, you know, if you have a laptop
1: or a cell phone charger. And that's the one that sort of has, like, the transformer on it. So it's No, no, kind no. Of... That's a converter. Oh, oh, excuse me. The adapter converter. is just the... Just the plug. The okay, adapter okay. is just for the plug. The converter
0: converts the electronic current. Mm-hmm. So, like, S- if you brought... I don't my hairdryer, <laughs> <laughs> I was literally just going to say your hair dryer.
1: So have... for some reason blown up a simple uh, like an adapter with a, something like a hairdryer i don't know if it was exactly a hairdryer. okay at my, at my uh, like when we lived in germany that was a shocking experience okay oh, sure <laughs> <laughs> i did not plan that but uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay so yeah
0: um but if you like you know my my laptop the the box it's it will say the current on there mm-hmm. and if it says the current i think it's like what is it a hundred and 140 to 220 volts or I something have like that charger so uh, yeah so the if standard you, if you, sort of mac charger if you look at it it should say somewhere the voltage if, um i don't have a lot of light on right now because uh 240 there you go so i think 240 is what they use here and we use something else but yeah that that should be no problem i mean i i, I mean have the i was gonna say
1: don't you have the same thing <laughs> yes okay literally the same
0: charger plugged in mm. right now that's what i thought um and definitely so yeah, really
1: the only thing. That and my phone, which is probably the, obviously also an adapter. Right. Um, but but that, yeah, all you need is an adapter.
0: You don't need a converter for the for the little bot the brick, as they call it.
1: Right. Although my my soundboard specifically, you know, the one that does the slipping on gator, you betcha. And <laughs> that, that takes a lot of power. That I actually have to by freight, ship a, uh, a generator across the, uh, <laughs> across the pond. It's very expensive. <laughs> right. All these sacrifices
0: for you, our dear listeners.
1: My neighbors are constantly complaining about uh, surges in their electricity every time. Uh... <laughs> 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 Worth it. <laughs> Worth it. No regrets. No regrets at all.
0: Um, but yeah. Ugh. Yeah. And speaking of, though, the weekend in Prague. Um, yes. Obviously, a lot of it was... I'm not gonna lie. I had a lot of fun, just kind of exploring myself. But Did you spend uh, the night? Yeah, yeah. I spent the night. Okay. Came home at about 3 a.m. or so.
1: Not too bad. Oh, you didn't spend the night. You just you didn't like sleep there. That's what no. I slept I there. I oh, okay. I I came back to the Airbnb. At gotcha. Three. Gotcha. Um, gotcha.
0: Wow, yeah, that's, but, that's a that's a powerful night. <laughs> yeah. Went out left at about 10 and was out yeah. till three. It was fun. But the the other thing though is uh, I wanted to make a list. And also try to kind of figure out the best way that we can, you know, go different places, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the nice thing about Prague, it's it's a decent-sized city, but it's not as huge, I don't think, as Berlin or maybe I Vienna. It's definitely not. I think it's definitely
1: not. I don't know about Vienna, but I know it's definitely not as big as Berlin.
0: No, definitely not. And so the nice thing is with Prague, um, also, I meant to tell you and Don, well, maybe, maybe not. I don't know because if you guys don't have internet, it'll only work when you have Wi-Fi. But there's this really cool app called PID uh, Litachka, and uh, I use this to actually buy my tickets in Prague. Uh, uh, what I I'm could do though, it right now, there you go. I I can I'll send I'll send you what the well here I can just show show you the icon. Um, oh, there's no way to zoom in, is there? Um, let's PID. See here.
1: Oh, I see. P. It's right here. I already yep. found it. It's, it's green. green? Yep. yep. Green. <laughs> oh,
0: jinx. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a boring podcast if I can't talk. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, but yeah, so anyways, <laughs> the other <laughs> thing too, though, if, if you're in Don,
0: if you guys, um, if your phones won't work over there, I mean, obviously a lot of places have Wi-Fi in Prague. Um, right. But I can, what I could very... also do is buy, buy three tickets on here. Is another right. another way we could do it, but well, what, was, what Don and mm-hmm. I
1: do often, uh, may, and maybe if you're okay with this, this might work for a lot of uh, things similar to that. Mm-hmm. Is what Don and I and Brad have often done on trips is, um, well, um, we don't we you know we don't really we don't really um, you know keep track of who's paying for who during the trip, right? But what we'll do, and so like you know, someone goes to dinner and pays for this, someone pays for drinks here, so we're not mm-hmm. splitting everything up all the time. But right. what we'll do is we still split it up and, and you know, we go through our credit card statement or whatever. Right. And if it's cash, that's on you, you lost the cash. <laughs> okay. Um, but um, I guess you could do the cash too if you really want to save your receipt. But uh, anyway, um, then we just put it in an Excel sheet, how much you spent and, and then mm-hmm. um, you split it up like that. And, nice. um, and then at the end you can just do it where it shows how much each person paid and then who owes who. Right. And it's, it's super simple if you just put right. it in Excel
0: after. I, 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 will, I will say though, it will probably make your lives easier if you guys do use cash, oh for just sure, because for just, sure, as as you know, you've been to Europe a lot of places. In Prague, you'll probably be okay, but I've also heard some Americans had difficulties with their American cards. Something like, I else, no I did.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, some Americans had problems with their American cards. You mentioned that. I will. N- mm-hmm. I will not have that problem. I. Um, Actually, just yesterday, put in on my bank. If if I have a uh, my bank, I'm not going to say who my bank is. Not that it matters. But um, <laughs> you can set up any bank. You can do this. You can set up travel alerts. And so, on my bank, I put in the date, the days I'm going to be there, and what mm-hmm. countries I'm going to go to. And then my cards will work while I'm there. So, but so, I'm only going to use it <clears throat> for mostly for getting cash because I still don't want to use my credit card and stuff. Right. To be fair. So
0: so but, I, um, I knew I knew exactly what you meant, but. I think there's something weird with I don't know how it works, but some places they just don't accept, even if it's Mastercard uh, or Visa. I gotcha. I've I gotcha. seen that happen in a restaurant. What about where my
1: Discover? Maybe I, I have no idea. But, <laughs> no, um, e- that's either a joke way. that uh, no, one, that only like six people would get. Uh, it's from a Family Guy uh, episode. Ah, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, that uh, one went right over my and head. Lois but, yeah. was like laughing. I'm like
2: Discover.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, Anyway, so yeah, no, um, yeah, no, but I remember that from studying abroad, too, is that mm-hmm. um, they always recommended just use as much cash as possible. Right. Exactly.
0: Well, Jared, I think it's time to... Spread
1: a little love. I agree. I agree. Um, and I don't know about you, but I was um, downright inspired after uh, last podcast, and mm-hmm. I got two musical-related uh, Great. stories. Great. Uh, the first one is about uh, this guy named Justin Whaling. Uh, for years, Justin Whaling has been visiting. All right, I'm going to stop doing that. <laughs> <laughs> has been visiting Edmonton Hospital four times a week to play the piano for parents and visitors. Um, uh, this I hate how this is written. It's so almost kind of condescending. How it's written is, but well, what you'd never know from his spirited performance is that he can't see. Why would right. that be so shocking? Right. Have you, right. some of the greatest pianists in the world are, yeah, are Ray blind? Charles, heard of Ray Charles, Stevie Wonder. Stevie Wonder. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like okay, that's so ridiculous. But uh, anyway, it's still a great story. I just hate how they wrote that. Um, he's blind, um, and he's been playing piano since he is, since he was three. And I don't know how old he is now, but he's an adult, at least in his, uh, you know, by pictures as I say, at least in his twenties. It seems like, maybe, mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't think the article says how old he is. But he, in his repertoire, he has over two hundred songs, and um, he he goes to the um, he goes to these uh, hospitals and plays for um, he plays for uh, elderly people. And he was uh, he, four times a week he does this. And He was encouraged to do it by uh, his grandmother and his piano teacher and i think that's awesome i uh not to make this about me because you know we're here to (laughs) spread a little love this is a great story but my piano teacher uh, oh this is kind of about my piano teacher actually she does a similar thing like with her students and puts on these recitals that i've told you i've done one or two of them and i hate performing uh really because i'm i don't think i'm good yet uh Mm -hmm. but that's i know that's a terrible mentality to have but um i um I mostly the the reason I do these things is because it's like first of all I'm playing for people that are just happy to have people that want to like perform for them, Mm -hmm. and it just feels nice to like see people like um, enjoy enjoy it, and so uh, it's cool that he does that, and I can understand how um, he probably get as much out of it as um, as they do, and it's good to play for an audience. Absolutely, keeps you sharp. It's very fulfilling. It's very fulfilling, and yeah, it's totally different than just playing in your house, I think. Right,
0: and and the other thing is too, I think it. I think everybody benefits from it, like you mentioned. You know, it makes other people happy to hear the music. Mm-hmm. You feel appreciated. Um, and and like like our goal of the shout-outs is you can...
1: Spread a little love. It's very that's true. right. That's very true. I agree. And I think that's cool. Uh, as an as, as amateur, you know, novice piano player, that's something that I... Um, something as simple as... You know, I don't want to call it simple. But even something like that, I, I'd... Uh, I like, that would be so cool to be able to do. Mm-hmm. And put it a, a, good, a, ni- a fun way and a nice, useful way to put a talent to use. Right. A couple more years, you might be doing the same. Who knows? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Uh, go ahead. Spread
0: a little love. All right. So my first one, this is a great story. Um, both these stories, I think, will hit you right in the feels. Um, so this one, <gasps> the headline is, this elementary school principal reads books on Facebook to ensure her students have a bedtime story so a big shout out to belinda george who's a first-year principal at homer drive elementary in beaumont texas Um, and she goes on facebook live every tuesday night to read a story to her students so right here to foster a love of reading elementary educators tell their students to read a book at night or have someone read to them one principal in texas has made it personal she snuggles into a pair of pajamas and oh. reads to her students herself. <laughs> Keep the pantsuit
1: um, on, and, I, and I'm okay with this. <laughs> right? um, I
0: don't know if they are read uh, to or not at home, um, but uh, she, you know, wants these kids to have the opportunity if their parents aren't at home or can't, you know, don't have the time to read them a bedtime story. I guess um, to hear a story. And what she said is, kids will come up to me on Wednesday. She does this every Tuesday. Also, they call it tucked in Tuesdays. Um, which I think is a catchy title, and uh, kids will come up to me in, on Wednesday and say, uh, "Dr. George, I saw you in your PJs reading," and they'll tell me their favorite part of the book. That's awesome. so. I think this is really great, and this is yeah, that's awesome. You know, there, there's a lot of the PJs thing is still kind of weird to me, but it's
1: awesome. I mean, None I, I get less.
0: it. I get it. You know, <laughs> it's it's supposed to. She's getting the whole atmosphere. And I'm sure. Right?
1: I'm sure she's. I'm sure it's like you know some of those like full kind of like. I'm obviously it's. She's not like a. I you know. It's not. It's not even. I, I don't. I don't. I don't mean to make it weird because I know it's not. But uh, it's just funny to me hearing the the, the PJ thing. Uh, but I think that's. I think that's that's important. And I think, for a lot of a lot of people, don't even realize. Um. Like the simple steps that, that can be taken to get, pe- get people into reading that aren't taken, sometimes aren't taken at home. And right. it's as simple as being exposed to stories that are interesting to them, to, to mm-hmm. them, then I assume what, later wanting to you know, learn about those stories on their own. Exactly. Exactly. So, so I think I, that's I really think, great. I think that is cool. I think that's mm-hmm. cool. And uh, she, she probably likes doing it. So shout out to uh, what's her name? Belinda George. Belinda. Dr. Belinda George. Oh, doctor, excuse me. Doctor Belinda George. <laughs> uh my next story is um by a is about a classical um uh, classical violinist. Sorry. At first I thought she was also a doctor. And I was like, speaking of doctors, just dropping right. doctors, but she's not. Um a self-described research geek, geek. I'm sorry, my I think I need to go to the eye doctor. I haven't been to the eye doctor in like two years, and I think it's Probably overdue. Mm -hmm. A self described research geek, classical violinist Rachel Barton Pine has a passion for discovering a new repertoire and turning kids onto classical music. That drive and commitment fuels her Black Composers Project, now out with its first volume of violin music by Black Composers for Music Students. The Rachel Barton Pine Foundation was started in 2001 to increase awareness of classical music and to support young musicians from challenging financial backgrounds. Its its projects include grants... uh, Its projects include grant-making and instrument loan program, a global effort to support musicians in developing countries, and a project fi- uh, finding and collecting music by black composers from all over the world. The Black Composers Project now uh, now with over 900 works by more than 350 composers is out with the most s- curricular volume of uh, violin music by black composers with music from Africa, Europe, Latin America, North America, and the Caribbean. Uh That's awesome. I think it's I, I and I think uh I, I found the stories or you know around when I was reminiscing about uh Jupstrom mm-hmm. and um he had mentioned that like you know a lot of people don't even aren't even like the, the like aren't even aware that this is an option and aren't even aware uh and, and aren't even exposed to this kind of music in any sort of way that that is meaningful. And um just by just by being aware of it you can you can you know you could cultivate way more you can find or cultivate or some 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 artists can come out that didn't even know they were because they they now Mm -hmm. realize that that was something that they could do right and i think that's cool that someone is uh, oh it's
0: absolutely great leading that up that's amazing that is really really awesome and also obviously a very big shout out to michael Jupstrom for being on our previous episode, um, he was a great guest and we hope to have him on again in the future. So I have one last shout out. You betcha. I had to do a shout out related to a teacher because this is our episode about um, tips for teachers and things I wish I would have known when I started as a teacher. And this uh, this story is the epitome, I think, of what it means to be a good professor, teacher, educator, whatever words you want to throw on it. Um, so right here, I have a shout out that goes out to... Uh, professor Nathan Alexander. Um, so, uh, Nathan Alexander had a student come into class, uh, to his math class and they couldn't find a babysitter. And so what Nathan Alexander did was he actually held the baby, you know, had the little (laughs) harness thing while he was teaching. So you can see pictures of him next to the whiteboard with, you know, a, a marker in his hand and the baby on his chest. And he said, let me hold the baby so you can take better notes.
1: Years from now, I'm still going to be asking you, where the hell do you find these stories? It's a secret. A magician never reveals his secrets, Jerry. Uh, I like to Wait. think that I would at least get to know. Uh, well, <laughs> maybe, maybe maybe I'll tell you maybe
0: episode 100 I'll reveal of uh, the secrets. We'll don't see. Don't do it on the
1: pod though. Do we'll, we'll do it Of may, course may, not. Of course not. Maybe what I'll do is uh we'll do it you know pre-pod talk and I'll like right. bleep it out. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. And I'll be like, "Oh my gosh. Can you bleep it out using the the SpongeBob dolphin noise?" Uh, of course I can. <laughs>
0: <laughs> of of course that would be great (laughs) all right so so just the last thing about this story so this happened at morehouse college um and so so nick vaughn uh is i guess the one who who documented it in his math class when his uh classmate wayne Hare showed up wearing his baby daughter in a carrier the father explained to their professor nathan alexander he couldn't find a babysitter and then that's when uh professor alexander said no problem in fact, I will even hold her so you can take better notes in class. Shut up. So that's like the most and dude, these pictures here, I'll send you I'll send you a link to this because these pictures do just speak for themselves. Like I think there's nothing more badass than somebody not only teaching a class, but holding a baby on their chest <laughs> with a
1: harness. Well, he's um, not teaching. They're taking a test, right? No, he's teaching. Oh, oh he's oh, oh. teaching. He's teaching and holding he's, one of his students' right. kids? Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. Isn't that awesome? That is awesome. All right. So hopefully
0: I'll be able to send it to you sometime in the near future because what, my internet what is What city being slow. is this in? Uh, it was Morehouse College. Yeah, send it to
1: me later. Can you send it to me all later? Because right. yeah, you're I'll breaking s- up. Yep. Sending it later. Uh, <clears throat> all right. Oh, Morehouse. Oh, this was yeah. college. Right, 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 right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, also, I kind of. You know, in a weird way, I kind of respect. Well, no, in a, not in a weird way. I just respect the dude for also coming to class with his kid. Right. He's oh, like, for listen, sure. I'm going to like, like I'm He's paying for this that education. Yeah. Right. He's like, I, I it, uh, yeah, I, I, I think exactly. it's it's awesome both ways. And oh, I definitely. I, and I'm gonna remind you to send me this picture after. I will. But uh, I don't want yeah, you to I'll probably slow
0: forget. Slow down uh, the well, video. Well, Jared, I think you know what time it is. It is time I do. for. The beer of the pod, and this beer is kind of interesting. So I found this at Tesco, which is not too gas far station? from my apartment. No, uh, it's okay. a it's actually like a British, um, like supermarket, kind of okay, like Lidl or Billa okay. or something. I like thought that. it
1: was British. That's right. But I, well, yeah, what's this...
0: interesting about this beer? I'll, I'll read it in just a second. But it's called uh, Tesco. It's called Rostinger. Rostinger. Based off of the name, I want to say
1: it's German. I mean, doesn't Rastinger, doesn't that look? It does, yeah. It It looks like a a standard. You know what it kind of reminds me of? What was that green beer that was kind of basic in uh, Austria? You know what I mean? Oh, Gersar. Yeah, that's exactly what it reminds me of.
0: So, yeah, so it says genuine taste, refreshing taste. It's got the little wheat on the side. Although, based on, I haven't even tasted this yet, but based on the looks of it, this looks like a Czech. um, Czech Czech-style pilsner. Yes, sir. lejac, <laughs> as they say. But here's the weird thing. So they're very clear on the alcohol percentage, 4.0. So yeah. I believe in the Czech Republic that would make this a 10, I think. 10 degrees is the, the way the Czechs would say it. Um, and I'm trying to find out where this is from. Didn't do
1: my research, kids, so my apologies. I actually um, did. Did you? Uh, yeah, but then I closed it. Because I didn't think we'd talk about your beer.
0: <laughs> yeah, I have, <laughs> I have no idea where it's actually from. So it's I think interesting.
1: It's from Poland. No. Nope. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right because they okay. have Polish and they have Hungarian on there.
1: All right. Well, there you go.
0: So Rostinger apparently is a Polish beer. Looks like a Czech lejak, uh, Czech ale or lager. I think lager. But let's give this bad boy a taste. Smell. I mean. Well,
1: I have half a nostril plugged up, so the smell test isn't (laughs) going to be very accurate this week. I'm glad you insisted upon this Beer of the Pot review. (laughs) I can't smell it. Uh, Okay,
0: so. I don't know where it's from. Based on taste, right? This is the mystery Beer of the Pot, apparently, (laughs) today. So in terms of the taste, it's lighter than a Czech lager or a Czech style pilsner. Honestly, this tastes, you can definitely taste the hops a little bit. Oh There's really? Slight hops aftertaste, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Although it's a little bit lighter. Um, I mean, look, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be brutally honest about this one. I mean, um, I don't think anyone's gonna be offended by this uh, review. I think, ch- right? I think this beer would be something that I would buy if it was like two a.m., three a.m., and I'm <laughs> out drinking with my friends and need a couple more beers. <laughs> That's like a späti st- stop beer. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, I mean, it do- It definitely. It doesn't taste bad. Um, but it's also not definitely of all the choices there are. One moment here.
1: I mean, let's put it this way: if you're in Michigan and you're at a grocery store and you're like, "Let me get a nice beer to to, to drink tonight," you're not gonna be like, "Ooh, a fancy Polish Rostinga." Uh, Rostinga. Yeah. yeah. So, but it's not bad. Um,
0: not definitely not my favorite of the different like kind of lager beers I've tried while I've been here, but. Mm -hmm. It's all right. I mean, it was really cheap. I think I literally paid. I don't even think I paid ten crowns for that beer.
1: So that's yeah. So that's less. That's like a dollar. That's not even a dollar. Right, because it's twenty dollars. Twenty is is twenty-two
0: or twenty-three or twenty-four somewhere around there. Right.
1: So like fifty cents. So I think I paid about (laughs) fifty cents or so for for that. It's for that. I'd say it's pretty delicious. Right.
0: Right. Oh, definitely. What? What? <laughs> the reason why I got it though is I was really curious why it had English, genuine taste, refreshing taste. And but you're at Tesco. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. But most of their stuff is Czech.
1: Right. That's true. Um,
0: that and, makes You know, sense. I've I've really got to be careful where I get my beers now because we've done so many of them, I'm starting to run out of options. Yeah. 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 So you got to be creative.
1: But oh, it's didn't you that. mention? Mm-hmm. Didn't you mention that there is a place? Um, and Prague that you went to that had like micro oh was that beerstery, yep the place that had the micro brews or whatever that is exactly the place. What uh, well we're going there. It's What great. kind of what kind of micro brews are we talking? Like what I, did you I, have?
0: IPAs. I told you I had a uh, Weizen. I had a, a wheat beer. Oh right right right. It was right, really right, good. Right, right. Okay, but okay, they okay. have they have IPAs. Are they like American? Are they are they? I didn't try the IPAs. Oh you don't it's know a, where they were from. Uh they were all Czech. I'm oh pretty, interesting. Well I. I'm pretty sure most of them were Czech.
1: You know what? I'll 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 report back on that and let everyone know. That's right. We'll <laughs> we'll figure
0: it out when we're in Prague. Exactly. Which won't be too far in the near future.
1: But yeah, no, so sir.
0: if you're out and you need a cheap beer, go ahead and get the genuine taste refreshing taste Rostinger from Poland. Not too
1: bad. Be <laughs> boring me that was the greatest <laughs> it's their commercial their not new commercial too bad. <laughs> not too bad exactly uh, i think people will respect the honesty <laughs> right i hope so
0: i hope so uh, but see
1: so here, I here's the thing, here's here the thing man. It.
0: i've realized i've become too spoiled because beer here is really good and it's really cheap
1: well i don't think i mean neither i wasn't expecting that to be that special Right, and like uh, you, I, and that's the kind of, and, you, and as I said, that's not the kind of beer that would like insult anyone if, if you like, right. not that it matters if it did, but like that's like you know, it is what it is. But you exactly. know what it also is?
0: Oh, it is that time, untranslatable time. So I only have one this time, Jared. So okay. do with that what you will.
1: Okay, I'll go first. My first one is Thai. And it's kam ki di qua kam tot. And that literally means better to grab feces than flatulence. (laughs) Better
0: to grab. I mean, I think it would, I guess, better to do something that you're sure of than, like, take, like, like, Mm. better to, like, go all in than to not do it at all. Yeah. No, nah, no, okay, not really. You wanna give me a world class example? Um,
1: hmm. uh, well, so let's let's put it this. Uh, um, so, you know, I, I um, I I I'm a fan of uh of buying lottery tickets. I buy them all the time, and I swear to God, I'm gonna win. Hmm. Uh, I've been struck by lightning four times, so <laughs> based off of my math, it's right about time for me to win the lottery. Okay, and I finally did actually a couple of years ago, but gosh darn it, I won 16 million instead of that big boy 45 uh-huh. billion dollars. And, and I was complaining to you, and uh, I kept telling you, Chad, I know, like this is so, 16 million's nothing. This is gonna so run, out. I, yeah. I've been working so hard for this. Okay. And you're like, come on Jared, it's better to grab feces than flatulence. So it's better to get a little something than nothing. All right. So better, all right, Better to get something than nothing at all. That's true. Even if it's feces. I guess. <laughs> I, I don't really understand the logic. But <laughs> Right. Me either. Me either. Oh, man,
0: that's crazy. That's so funny. All right, Jared. So mine uh, has to do with birds. Okay. And it is It's Czech. Kedish, uh, pitachka lapayi piekne mui which uh, Ooh, means basically to trap a bird, you need to sing to it nicely.
1: Ooh, uh, you catch more flies with honey than honeys with. Fl- nope, that's not how that goes. <laughs> you're you're <laughs> on the right track. You catch uh, you catch more bee you catch more bees with honey than vinegar. There you go. Or, I, um, I prefer the saying. I prefer the saying. How does that go? No, you're right. That's how it goes. Okay.
0: I prefer the saying, though. um, You're absolutely right. But I prefer the saying that goes, um, you catch more flies with honey, but you catch more honeys being fly.
1: Thank you. That's what I was trying to think Mm of. Oh, yeah. Uh, You catch more flies. You catch flies with honey, but you catch more flies being honey. Wait. No, you catch more honeys (laughs) being fly. They flip. (laughs) all right uh let's move on (laughs) my next one is uh gaelic and it's oh okay can you tell our
0: listeners where they speak gaelic northern ireland
1: i believe so i know it's ireland okay i mean uh let's see irish is a Uh, wait hold on Ireland and the United Kingdom. Okay, so maybe not Northern Ireland, but it's spoken. And uh, now I kind of want to. I kind of want to put this into the translator because I'm real scared. Go and for I'm it. Al- almost kind of curious what this would actually sound like if it was said correctly. Right. Yeah. This is gonna well, take. I guess it's only gonna take one second. No worries. Take your time. Um, I do have a. I do have another one though. While I'm doing this, and it's also Thai, and okay. it's, Khloeah. Chim cluea," And it literally means salt dipped in salt. So is that like adding insult to injury? Um, no, no. So think about um, think about um, hmm think about what I told you about Chad and I, or excuse me, Don and I on uh, vacation. And say he comes to Prague and he's got a whole list of things that he insists we have to do and a whole structure. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'm like, get out of here with that structure. Uh, I told you. And he's like, no, these are better than any of your ideas. We're doing this. And you're like, whoo. And you're like, whoo. You're in the background like, who This is some real salt dipped in salt right here. I don't know what we're going to do about this.
0: So it's like a conundrum or like a situation?
1: uh might the situation no it's kind of kind of but it's like um like no one's conceding with one another Uh uh-huh no one willing to back down okay yeah gotcha okay so i did all of that and then uh freaking google translator doesn't even have a gaelic person on their thing so it won't let's let's save it for the next episode yeah i'll figure that out that's a teaser for no that's right
0: uh well let's let's get into our main topic shall we
1: yeah, yeah. We haven't done a teacher topic in a while, and uh, <clears throat> I, sometimes I like to uh, check in with you. You know, how have the new students been? First of all, right?
0: Good, great, absolutely fantastic. This semester has been interesting though because um, one, I have to rebuild that rapport with the students, mm-hmm. which I think one thing it just it takes time. There's there's right. no other way to do it, right? You could be the most charismatic, the funniest, the coolest, the best teacher in the world, but you still need time for your students to develop that trust for you to
1: develop the trust in your students as well um and well, feel c- let me ask you this mm-hmm. Have you tried sitting in your chair backwards, facing them and just like unbuttoning your top button and really breaking it down for them? I've heard that the sitting in the chair backwards thing, really, you know what I mean where you like have your legs around it? The kids oh, seem to oh
0: gotcha. You, wait, yeah. here, you mean like this? Y- yes, yes, there. So we turn Watch the chair like YouTube. Well, and, you can't uh, even really... Hold up, here, Well, we'll, that's true. we'll change <laughs> this. This is part. hilarious.
1: So yeah, so you sit like this. Yeah. And, yeah. and you say, let, let me just wrap with you guys kinda, real quick. Kind of undo the button, and all right, all right, glass, so here we go. Dude, by the way, I feel like the whole vibe of this podcast has just changed. It's changed? Should I do all the podcasts like this now? Whoa, what has just happened? Chad isn't even hearing <laughs> anymore. a little bit in here. This is a whole different podcast all of a sudden. Right. You see, and uh, you know, I was joking a second ago, and now I'm like, chat seems so much more relaxed. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny, though, because
0: when you when you sit in a chair like this, you're, I mean, you're basically what, like straddling the chair, Right yes you have no there's really no other way to sit than lean forward like this exactly yeah which i think is actually a good thing because it makes the students think mm. you're interested you're engaged
1: with what they're talking about oh so maybe there's some actual science uh-huh. to that because that Could is be. true that like there that that leaning in is a, like a subtle body language thing right which is funny because
0: so i'm going to turn my chair around because uh, this is not comfortable <laughs> Damn, really, really enjoy it's a, wood, that, it's a wood, <laughs> wood chair so it's not not the most comfortable a pretty to, shitty to chair you enough. got there chad it's not bad I mean, hey, hasn't broken on me yet, so. Like, I mean, but, if that's
1: your only standard, then, well, okay. What's funny, though, is, the, <laughs> so I'll move
0: this down again. So the way I sit when I teach is usually kind of like this. Okay.
1: Slightly lean back. But that's another thats another sort of, the opposite sort of power move. Sure. Which, which is, well, maybe, maybe it's less sitting, the, the lean back sitting, but it's the sitting with your hands out like that is that right. subtle sort of, um, uh, you know, that, that, like, comfortable, open vibe is instead of, like, you know, doing this or, or, right. or crossing your arms well, is what I'm saying for I you podcast listeners. I will tell you, there's
0: one thing I do consciously with my with my posture and my body language. It's going to sound really stupid, but a lot of times when I teach, I don't know what to do with my hands. Like, you don't <laughs> want to do too much hand gesturing. You, you also, you know, so usually what I do is I'll stand with my hands behind my back like this. Mm. And what's interesting though, on a psychological, but not level, in your pockets, not in my pockets, behind my back like that, right? Right. I mean, you can't really see, but anyways, <laughs> just just trust me we on understand. this. Understand? <laughs> um, but the interesting thing about this is that body language and posture actually has a psychological effect on a lot of people, or at least basically what it shows is because your hands are behind your back and your chest is kind of out and open like this. Mm-hmm. In theory, hit me. Um, it's it's like a. It's a way to show you're comfortable mm-hmm. and in a way you're like vulnerable, right? As right. in, as kinda in, like you know, what I if, said kind of like the hit me thing, you exact, know, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, if you came up to me and swung at me right now with my hands behind my back,
1: you just that, yeah,
0: you'd land a damn it's good a, punch, oh, probably. I
1: can think of the words you might be looking for. It's a very mm-hmm. disarming position, exactly, exactly. And yeah. I think
0: it makes the students a little bit more calm when you mm-hmm. walk around, depending on how your posture is and things like this. I think there's a lot of subtle things that students pick up on that. If you've never taught before, you don't realize you're doing it.
1: Now, did you have to like kind of train yourself out of some of some bad habits? Say, for example, putting your hands in your pocket or crossing your arms, or does just Crossing my arms, come, definitely. You had to kind of. Did you have kind of like uh, what's the uh, consciously stop yourself from doing I that?
0: I, I'm actually doing it right now, kind of. But yeah, <laughs> you do yeah. do
1: it a lot on the podcast, but I kind of like it. I, it's I don't, because the,
0: it's because this is comfortable to sit and lean forward with my with my arms like that. Right, it's just right, right, more right. comfortable. Um, plus, let's be honest, this. One, I'm I'm too far away from the microphone, and it's not it's not a good look. Uh, you you to, can just to sit, uh... lean back
1: like that. I gotta hold a, the mic. Uh, Bill Burr, he, um, obviously, a lot of people, if you listen to podcasts, have heard of Bill Burr. He does a very mm-hmm. popular podcast. He sometimes will, uh, he, he just holds his microphone, and right. he'll sometimes just lie in bed and have the microphone sitting on his chest. That's awesome. <laughs> that's really
0: cool. That's awesome. Who knows? Maybe if we do another late-night <laughs> podcast, that's what I'll have to do. Oh, that
1: would be so funny. we just we we'll just get back from like the, the bar at like 3 in the morning. We're just that lying in bed. That would be hilarious.
0: Bed. That'd be really like a, funny. Like
1: a sleepover. That's what we'll call it. Episode 93, go. the sleepover. The Berlin sleepover. <laughs> sleepover Berlin edition, I don't know right? why I've chose such a high number. Like, we're on 73 now, and, it, right. and how is it going to be 93 before? But, uh, but anyways, but, to get back to your question, bad habits. Yes. Um, I mean, that's the thing. If
0: you're a beginning teacher, don't be afraid to have, a sp- I, I would say, colleagues come and observe you. I, I say colleagues and not like your superiors. Because with your superiors, what a lot of teachers do is they don't teach the same way they teach, right? Of They're course, They're like, yeah. oh, my superior's coming in. I have to have this perfectly planned lesson. Everything needs to be great. Um, you That's know, the for, same thing in my job, reasons. too. I mean, right.
1: you know, like if you're – say someone's presenting a or, – or like in a meeting with, uh, you know, just your group rather than like, you know, the boss boss of this department or whatever, there's a whole other like level to you, what you put into your presentation and mm-hmm. your uh, – and, 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 you know, preparing for it. Right. Right. And so so
0: to have a, a colleague come observe you is really great. And sometimes I also ask students for feedback. You know, mm-hmm. um, sometimes it's good to hear it uh, straight from the horse's mouth. But the thing is about habits, one of my habits that I realized was I, I didn't like silence in my classroom. Right. Because mm-hmm. a lot of my classes are speaking and listening. But here's mm-hmm. the thing. Whenever you teach any class, I don't care if it's a language class, a science class, whatever, people need time to think. So my rule of thumb is, I mean, depending on the topic and depending on what I ask, I'll give different amounts of time, right? If it's just, I'm looking for one vocabulary word, I would say 15 seconds maximum. Um, whereas if it's a more philosophical question or they're, they're giving me a lot of information mm-hmm. or I've asked a difficult question... then I try to give them time. And if I ask the class and nobody wants to answer, what I'll do is I'll go, okay, share your answers with a partner. Then I can kind of, you know, observe what they're saying and either Mm -hmm. comment on it or then I say, okay, look, I've heard all of you talk to your partners. I know you guys have an answer. Let's hear it. And I think a lot of times just them. You have to pull it out of them. (laughs) Right. And sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. Um, but that's one thing. If you're especially a language teacher or a teacher in general, don't
1: be afraid of silence. Silence can be good. That's something I, I never thought about. As you know, obviously I'm not a teacher, but I've been in been to school before. <laughs> um, I, I've definitely I've definitely noticed that though. Is that teachers, and I probably even noticed the difference between like that, say, versus a TA for some college class I had at Albion. Mm-hmm. Now that you've mentioned it. Where it's like there are teachers that are very good at asking a question, and not letting s- kids, uh, especially you know, especially in all my classes where um, where you know they've all been mostly English speakers or whatever, where right. it's like not letting them get away with saying I don't know, and right. just and just be like just like I I know you guys know so I answer this question sort of thing, and yeah. it is an awkward silence even to the point where sometimes it can get awkward. For the students, for then the students are like, can someone answer this damn question? Right. <laughs> right. And and sometimes then you just have to call out
0: some students, you know. Yeah. yeah Johnny, yeah, yeah. tell me tell me the answer. You know. I don't yeah. I don't like to do that because I I like to try to foster an environment in my classes where students don't they get all feel comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> <When> <laughs> where it's where it's the your students turn all feel comfortable. Question. And exactly. And so I try to minimize that when possible, but sometimes mm-hmm. you can't. Um, oh, for sure. That's for, for sure. sure. Um,
1: yeah. I, do you, uh, mm-hmm. Go ahead. What were you about to say? Uh, I was good. I'm, change.
0: I'm just a big, I'm a big fan of also having the students do a lot of work together mm-hmm. and then reporting back to me. Mm-hmm. I really like that.
1: Have you, um, have you gotten, so as you mentioned, you know, you have a new class now and your second semester mm-hmm. or there in uh, Khomatov. How, how was that? That's pretty good. Do you have, um, uh, in your in your however many you know years of, of teaching on and off have you gotten better at setting that rapport quicker with your students? Have you figured out ways to to sort of because as you you know I'm sure a lot of classes that you have you know you're only seeing these people say once a week. Yep. And so it it you it kind of makes if you only say have I don't know how many classes are in a semester twelve classes. 10 classes D- depends on yeah depends on the
0: the school it, if it but, takes yeah.
1: you th- three cl- th- you know three to four classes to uh to figure out these people that's you know 35 to 40% of the time you have or excuse me to get to to get to know the people right that's uh you know 35 to 40% of, of your teaching right. time and and, it, right. and and the quicker you, the more you can cut down that time i think the more effective teaching time you could have i would assume
0: yeah well it it makes a difference you know i've taught classes where we've met 5 days a week I've taught classes mm-hmm. where now, right now I'm teaching classes. We only meet once a week. Um, and the reason why that is, is because, uh, my, my mentor thought it would be smarter, you know, for all the students to have a chance to have me as their teacher. And because mm-hmm. there are so many classes at my school, it's not possible. You know, if I taught them, if I taught two classes a week, I'd be teaching upwards of 40, 40 lessons a week, somewhere Ooh. around there. Um, and that's double. That's double. Usually, I think the standard in the Czech Republic is like twenty to twenty-four contact lessons a week, mm-hmm. somewhere around there. Um, I'm I'm above twenty, so so there you go. But I think Wait, with
1: once a week. Oh, but you teach m- multiple, multiple classes. multiple classes.
0: Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. But the thing is, yeah, you can definitely build a rapport a lot faster when you meet more than once a week. So mm-hmm. what I try to do. Is make my lessons just a lot of fun, a lot of games, a lot of getting to know each other, a lot games. of just talking about whatever.
1: Do people respond to those games well?
0: So last semester I taught mostly. Well, I taught all of the third and fourth year students. They occasionally did, but I tell you what, man, these first and second year students, they're way more excited to play games. Did you do another Reddit
1: AMA? I did. I did. And you haven't. How did it go? What Good. kind of questions? It,
0: it, it was all pretty basic stuff. That's why I didn't really bring it up. There was nothing. Oh, okay.
1: Nothing crazy, well, exciting. Are, nothing off the wall. These people are younger, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're less inclined to ask 15, the political 16. or sexual stuff, right? Okay. Exactly. All the fifteen exactly. sixteen seems prime here in a uh, here in America for those yeah. questions. Um, I saw a video on on Twitter or Instagram uh, today. And it was Godfrey, this funny comedian, New York comedian. He mm-hmm. was on the road somewhere in the suburbs. And he was at a mall, you know, some suburb, suburban mall. And there was a mm-hmm. bunch of white kids. Looked like they were like in their, like 13. Oh, they had the do-rags on. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I saw and they're too. showing off their waves. That's uh-huh. <laughs> so stupid. Right. Oh, my God. Oh, that was hilarious, yeah. <laughs>
0: but I think the other thing, too, with building rapport with students is you have to make it relatable and you have to make it Here's my next point. Well, this will segue into my next point. The classroom, it's a lot of teachers think this is my classroom. It's not your classroom. It's Mm -hmm. the student's classroom. You're trying to teach the students. You're trying to facilitate. Exactly. Facilitate, give them good memories, make them feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, if on a daily basis, if I only reach one student
1: in every class, I'm happy. Now, let me ask you this. Can you tell most days? You know, say if there is at least one, or I'm sure there's often more than one. But can you tell when you've reached that student? Are you like, are you like, oh yeah, I did it, or like, oh that was a good, like, like I, I like, even though that was kind of a rough class, I feel good because little Jan number eight really uh knocked this out of the park or whatever. Right. Does that sustain you? Oh sure, for I mean, a night it's, or it's, whatever. It's a, it's a great
0: feeling. It's a it's a
1: great feeling. And can but- you you can tell.
0: Well, the the way I usually notice these things is when students, I mean, you can just tell. You can tell when someone's genuinely interested in something, okay. right Because I don't
1: well, know I don't know if it, if it was a more you could tell in the moment or it's just more a bigger picture thing where it's like I know that I mean, what both. I'm doing has has that uh, I'm sure it's that too, but uh, so, so okay.
0: so here, so here's the two ways I can tell. If it's just you you've reached them that lesson, They'll mm-hmm. ask a lot of questions. I've had a lot of students, especially this semester, after uh, class, come up to me how and, engaged they are. and want to talk more about it, which makes me super oh, excited. Oh, that's cool. But yeah, that's and, when you flip the chair around. Exa- exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that's a great point. Uh, that's a really great point. Sadly, uh. my office chair is a big computer chair, so that wouldn't work. <laughs>
1: Your face I'd, is I'd blocked flip, by yeah, the cushion. I'd, I'd flip over. <laughs> the
0: chair would flip over for sure. Um <laughs> But yeah, but then in the long term, the way I can tell I've reached them is when they start building upon their language skills that we've worked on in previous lessons. Mm -hmm. So whether it's doing stuff in past tense, um, new vocabulary words, this week for my second graders, um, I'll be having them tell ghost stories because that's the unit in their chapter Mm. right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we're going to talk about how to actually tell a story because I think there's something special about... Being able to really grab someone's attention and really tell tell a story, make a story. Can you
1: can you teach me how to us how to do that? I can try, <laughs> I can try. No no guarantees.
0: Um, but yeah, so that's the thing though. I think a lot that's of teachers cool. don't understand that it's it's the students' classrooms even more than it's yours. Even mm-hmm. if you are you work in a public school in the United States, you decorate the entire room. You spend your own hard earned money to decorate this room and make this environment. The thing is. You're not making the environment for yourself. You're making yeah. the environment for the students.
1: Hmm. Um. Oh, I forgot I was gonna ask. I was so uh, wrapped up in what you're saying. <laughs> <clears throat> um. Do you still get nervous? Start with get, when you get new nope. class classes. Nope. No.
0: I get. I get excited. Dude. It's more like a giddy. It's like a like I can't uh-huh. wait to see what the potential of this class will be. Okay. I don't get nervous anymore. And honestly, I stopped getting nervous after probably my first or second semester as a teaching assistant.
1: Oh, it didn't take that long,
0: did it? It didn't. But you you know me pretty well, Jared. I've done a lot of different things with public speaking. I used to play in, you know, bands. So mm-hmm. getting up right. in front of people doesn't really phase me very much.
1: That's true. Did you used to teach... Did you ever teach uh, guitar? Yeah. Yeah. Actually,
0: okay. it's funny. Um... I wrote on my application for this uh, for this program um, that my passion for teaching actually started when I was 14. And I gave my first guitar lesson.
1: And I mean, oh, uh, there's I remember what I wanted to say earlier, but I, mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's undeniable, especially for someone like you that is going after uh, language jobs, mm-hmm. that that connection between being a music teacher and being a language teacher is, is, is like almost undeniable. Oh, absolutely! Like undeniably useful, especially on the resume. I mean, that could still probably look good on your resume uh, as if you, for you know in in the future. Right. What I was going to say was another good thing about you as a teacher specifically, uh, and getting that response, um, you know, that response that you've touched someone, you know, uh, with well your there, teaching. Well there. Okay, good. I was going to <laughs> is uh I I saw you in your PJs. You really touched me with your teaching. Is that um is <laughs> oh, that geez. I mean is that you're a, I'm sorry. <laughs> is, <laughs> <laughs> is that um, Spread a little love? Uh, you're a language teacher, so you mm-hmm. can also get that response back seeing that they're improving even through a non-classroom setting. So right. let's like, say you're a math teacher or a history teacher or something like that. It's probably a little bit harder outside of the classroom to recognize that, that improvement oh, or, definitely. or that knowledge growth, unless you're talking about the right. subject specifically. Right.
0: Well, and see, I have a natural advantage because my check isn't great. So right. I can't really communicate <laughs> with the students at a high level in their native language, right. so they have to speak to me in English. Um, Do you,
1: does that have you taught Germans English before? Yeah. Oh yeah. Does that is that a hindrance being able to communicate yes, with them? Just yes as and well? no. Yes and no. So I worked with a,
0: a German woman uh, the summer before I came here, actually, and I would say I wanted to have our sessions be 100 percent in English. Oh man, was I naive. It was easily 70% German, 30% English. They were, how what were their what was their level? Nothing? Um well here here's the thing. I think she was very self-conscious because she thought I would think she was unintelligent if she made mistakes. Yeah. You know, and you
1: gotta kinda look at it like like um and I'm actually my teacher's constantly reminding me of this too, mm-hmm. but you almost kinda have to look at it like you're going to a doctor. Or or something like that, where it's like you, you can't be ashamed you can't go into it ashamed right. of where you're at. Oh Or fooling not. yourself at where you're at. It, like as a the teacher is the last person that's gonna be making fun of you for your level, especially if you paid them <laughs> to right. Uh... right. And but and... I struggle with that too in piano, where where like I, I feel like I tense up sometimes when I play mm-hmm. and I get nervous when I play. Sure. And she's like, This is the last place you should be getting nervous. Right.
0: Right. I mean I think the thing is is that you just you want to, you don't want to let your teachers down. You want to impress them. You want to show them yeah. you've been working hard. You've been learning. Right. And so I think that's where the nervousness comes from. That is what um, it is for me. Right. And and as a teacher, there's a lot of ways you can kind of, um, you know, kind of not really avoid it, but minimize it with the nervousness. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of times, you know, if I can throw in a joke, I'll tell a joke. Um, I'll, I'll try to... I've even referenced like memes in my language classes before and Those are can,
1: essentially universal at this
0: point. Right, right. There's even a meme page at my school.
1: Like a Facebook page? Yeah. What do you mean a meme page? Yeah, yeah. Facebook page. Uh, okay. It's all memes.
0: Um, and one of my For, friends. Like, school wide? What? No, it's just our school, and they have pictures of the oh, teachers oh, right. with I forgot funny. How schools are broken. Down. Right.
1: I feel like that could get dangerous quick. Oh, most definitely.
0: But but that's that's <laughs> the thing though. You just have As to. Than that. I mean, I've looked at them. Some of them I understand. Some of them I don't. So okay, um, but maybe yeah, maybe you don't want to know what they say. Right, saying. right. Maybe not. <laughs> but yeah. So I don't know. I think as a as a teacher, you just have to be willing to try to make the students as comfortable as possible, mm-hmm. while also still reaching your objectives, goals, what have you.
1: Yeah. Do you, do you do you struggle to find that line between like friend and authoritarian? Um,
0: de- depends on the, depends on the environment. So here, yes, absolutely. Because students invite me to go do things. Uh, last week, I played guitar with one of my students, uh, Peter. I'll be going back to his house on Wednesday to play some more guitar. Um, so it's, it's difficult walking the line. And I also have, I have a, a Czech friend uh, named Kiki, Christina, I, I think it's Christina, Um. <laughs> and she uh, and she actually gave me like the the sixteen personality test, mm-hmm. and I am I think it's EN ENFP. Let me look real quick. It's either ENFP. Basically, what it means is, um, it's funny. Uh, a profession as a teacher is a, a good suggested profession, but oh, they say, but they say that um, this type of personality, teachers will have difficulties um, E N F serial killers. Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> the, this personality type is, um, difficult, um, for teachers to kind of, you know, toe the line between authoritarian and friend. Right. Mm. I want to be there for my students. I want them to feel comfortable enough to come to me whenever they need anything. It could be school related. Right. Maybe they're having problems at home and they just need somebody to talk to, you know? Um, And I really, I don't know. I think some people, it depends on your view of what a teacher is, right? I think some people just think of a teacher as someone who goes into the classroom, teaches the material and goes home. I don't really think nowadays that's how a teacher is. I think a teacher is part counselor, depending on the age of your students, maybe part babysitter. We, you know, we did an entire episode on this, the roles of teachers, right? Right. Actors, sometimes
1: comedians. Counselors, therapists, what have you. And where and we're... I never felt comfortable going to a teacher like that. And maybe that's the fault of all the schools I went to more than could anything. Be. Or it could but be, it could be the like teachers, had... it could be you. It's hard to say. I I had teachers that I was comfortable to like talk to, mm-hmm. but none that I ever felt like I could seriously confide in. Even right. though I could have like a conversation that felt quasi casual, you know. Sure. Another thing I wish I would have known when I started as a teacher
0: is don't spend more than the time of the lesson preparing materials. What I mean by this is if your lesson is 50 minutes, mm.
1: you should not be spending more than 50 minutes to plan the lesson. That's a great point. Yeah. Where it's like either you're not planning efficiently or mm-hmm. you're over planning because you have to think about exactly the amount of time you have to, and you have to let other people talk too. <laughs> right.
0: And I think when you're planning your lessons, a lot of times less is more. Um, I'm the type of person, I over plan my lessons. Um, and, and there's some of it is there's a reason for that. I like to have a couple backups and usually the way I plan my lessons, I plan them in a way that, you know, I would love to be able to do all of these things, but I know which things we, we need to do or we should be doing. And I know which ones I can leave out either for next time or just, you know, kind of let it go by the wayside.
1: Right. 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 But uh, yeah, uh, I, uh, sometimes with that over planning, at least from what I've noticed, especially with doing uh, this podcast, is he, is if you plan or if one plans too much, there's not room isn't allowed for it to go where it could naturally go. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, and 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 in reality, you know, especially in a language class, a conversation a class where you're sort of speaking speaking, teaching, a language conversationally. Mm-hmm. Uh, you never really know where where the conversation can go or where the teaching could go.
0: Right, right, and you should leave the your language classes open for this type of thing. You know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. at the same time, you should also be thinking, what are some potential you things you want to touch on exactly, and have yeah. some goals exactly. But I think some teachers are they overplan, um, and it happens. You know, you care about your students, you care about your lessons. You want it to be the best they can be, but you overplan. the The other thing that I wish I would have known when I first started, and maybe you noticed this around November, Jared, um, I was having some throat problems mm-hmm. and it was because I was talking over students. Don't talk mm. over students. Just eye contact is a very powerful tool. <laughs> now what I do is I it stop talking. makes me talking. very uncomfortable. Right. <laughs> what, I, what I do is I stop talking and I'll just stare down the students. I don't like yeah. doing it.
1: I don't enjoy it. but it, Well, that's where you have to draw that line between teacher and authoritarian as exactly. well.
0: Exactly. The other it's thing like I'll do too is... Order in my classroom. <laughs> right, exactly. I should bring a gavel and just smack the gavel down. Um, another thing, though, that I have started to do is if I notice students are starting to kind of chatter in their groups when I'm trying to explain something, I'll bring the volume of my voice down. And so when I talk mm. more quiet, the students, you know, they have to... They really have to pay attention.
1: Yeah, that got me that got me more interested. Did it? See that? <laughs> yeah, it worked. I, I was should like, oh, shit.
0: What 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 was that? Uh, I should start doing the um Hello, this is the untranslatable oh, podcast. The NPR, the voice? NPR voice.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I could do it. I'm just so exuberant with my talk. Right. I can't control
0: right. myself. That's okay. But yeah, I mean talk don't too fast. don't yell. Don't uh don't talk over your students because it's just one, it's not good for your vocal cords to do that. You know, I was teaching over 20 hours a week. I had some classes that would get really rowdy. And uh, I would talk over the students. And it was funny. One of my bosses came to to observe my lessons and talk to me. And I told her, I said, yeah, I've been having problems with my voice. And she said, every year, November comes around. You've been <laughs> teaching for a couple of months uh, full time. And... It happens. And so now I've really learned. I, I try to be much more conscious of when I actually talk, mm-hmm. um, which, is, which is interesting because a lot of my colleagues have the opinion, and I don't think they're wrong, but they have the opinion that I should be doing a lot of talking because I'm a native speaker. And you know how many times will our students have the opportunity to be they in just the classroom to soak it a classroom with a native in. speaker? Exactly. <laughs> but here's the thing. I'm not the only native speaker they can listen to. With the mm-hmm. internet, with Netflix, all with right. YouTube, they can listen to millions of native speakers. So I think it's better for me to give my cultural insights, my intuition about the language, and get the and students... And teaching
1: them how to partake in those. Exactly. Because they can listen to them, but then there's also something to applying it. Exactly. And, and not all only... those sort of conversational conversations they're seeing on, on whatever that is, YouTube or Twitter mm-hmm. or whatever, they, can, they don't do Twitter Instagram. They, they, it's, it's a little different when you apply it. You can understand it and not apply it. Oh, That's definitely. Definitely. And the, the other thing with it too is um, I, view, I
0: view my role here in Komutov as someone who should build the student's confidence. You know, I think for a lot of them, it's crazy. I love to ask the question, for how many of you, I'm the first American you've ever met? Mm-hmm. Usually it's at least 50, if not 70% of the class. Which right. means... If I can get them comfortable talking to me as a native speaker, they'll be a lot less um, phased when they see a native speaker in real life and can talk to mm-hmm. them. Because I think that's a really big problem with most people in the Czech Republic. Other than Prague, where there's tourists and you know English all over the place, other than Prague, most smaller places in the Czech Republic, they may not come into contact with a lot of native speakers. So they get very intimidated. And so I'm trying to kind of break down those barriers.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's a, I mean, that's a big role for one person to carry on, but uh, I respect it. Right. And, um, yeah, no, I get it. Do you have a uh, mentor, someone you go to for career advice? Of course. I mean, I have a mentor here in the Czech Republic. <clears throat> no, 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 that's not what I mean. I I, well, I, I mean, I guess, th- I didn't mean to cut you off. <laughs> You're good. But that's not, I didn't mean that kind of mentor specifically. And I have a couple I meant-
0: contacts back at MSU that I'll, if I have questions, yeah, I'll shoot them an email, um, Yeah. I, things like that. Is that what you mean?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah,
0: yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, I have. I, I'm lucky to have quite a few who I think I could send an email anytime, or even be like, "Look, do you have five minutes? Can we Skype really quickly?"
1: Have um, you done that before?
0: I have not because, knock on wood, um, I haven't had too many questions, and the questions
1: I've had, I've been but able to ask my mentor here. What? But you'd feel co- I'd say, "Oh, but you'd feel oh, comfortable 100%. 100% doing it, hundred percent." And I think I, I I've noticed that post uh, you know after graduating from undergrad, not in my own experience, but more witnessing people like uh, Chris, he still has Chris our friend Chris. he has a, still has a good relationship with uh, uh, some professors uh, at our school. right. And um, you know, I think sometimes i at least I personally think that, The relationship is a little different because they're professors rather than like teaching kids. But if if, but if it's a student that, you know, was engaged in the material and is applying or whatever, then these these then they're still they're still teachers, you know, and they still have that seem to have that connection to and like you said, recognize those students that you know, are actually engaging with the material more than some other people. Right. And so Chris, who is one of those people with those specific, you know, classes of, you know, professors or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, they still, they still like that because it's like, they, I'm sure they like to see that that their student is succeeding and, um, and crediting, you know, them as one of their, you know, favorite or most influential professors and all that stuff. Right.
0: Oh, definitely. Most definitely. Um, and this, this is loosely related to what you said a little bit, at least when you go from that student Professor dynamic to like colleague dynamic, which Mm -hmm. I think is more prevalent in graduate school, um, is you, one thing I wish I would have done a little bit more is try to help out my fellow teachers here. I've been doing that a lot. I suggest activities. I show them websites. I show them videos. Um, we watched a really funny video last week. It was on, um, there's this Ted talk where this guy did a study where I think it was Stanford did a study where they put four-year-olds in a room with a marshmallow. And they said, and they, and they videotaped it, right? And they said, look, mm-hmm. if you can wait 15 minutes, you will get two marshmallows instead of one. Well, two, oh, two out of three children... Wait. Plop the marshmallow right in their mouth after the door <laughs> shut behind them. right? And so I showed I showed my colleagues this video and they thought it was hilarious. And so what was the point they're trying to prove? They're trying to the, the point with that video is they're trying to pr- prove that children at the age of four who understand that delaying immediate gratification for something, um, if you can do that, you'll be more successful in life. Mm. And it's been proven true. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, a hundred percent of the students, that waited to get the two marshmallows i don't know how they define successful but were considered successful either they were doing well in school oh. or or oh know. it was a
1: long term oh oh, oh yeah, i yeah.
0: think it was like a long term study it was they went back oh. and found the children that waited to get the two marshmallows
1: oh really that's
0: yeah, awesome yeah yeah yeah
1: so we watched it, that video Were they like so. lawyers or something like that or like
0: <laughs> Well, i mean th- it seemed like they were they had good career paths so right. so yeah but so that's my whole point, though, is share things with the with your teachers, with your mm-hmm. colleagues, you know. Um, and I've learned a lot from my teachers here.
1: You know, that's something. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, that's it. That's something that I um, that I s- struggle to apply sometimes to uh, to uh, my job as well. You know, sharing stuff because mm-hmm. I almost feel like sometimes that like if I know it and other people don't, it's sort of like a job security thing. Uh-huh, gotcha. And uh, I, I guess teachers wouldn't have that same sort of feeling though not really. That's not really how the job works, right. but uh, and, and, and honestly, that's not really how my job works either. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's I think it's you know that mentality is kind of foolish for me to have even in my style of work as well. right but Could uh, be. That, so that's something I, I try to uh, I try to remind myself too is to share. And, and, and it, it helps you both ways, too, because, you know, it helps your colleagues, but it mm-hmm. also sometimes people will be more inclined to share stuff with you. Exactly. It's a two-way street. Absolutely. Yeah. And the other thing that I was fairly
0: lucky with, but I've had some colleagues, not here in the Czech Republic, but in the past that struggled with this a little bit, is being authentic. I think if you show a genuine interest in your students, if you're really authentic, you're mm-hmm. able to reach them. They're able to – it just creates a good dynamic. You know, as you know, and our listeners know, I wear my heart on my sleeve. I'm not one that I try not to put up a front or a barrier. When I meet people, I try to just be myself. If you don't like me, yeah. you know, that's your problem. That's not my problem. Many exactly. Stuff. And so <laughs> what, I, what I try to do is be as authentic as possible with my students. You know, on Monday morning, if I'm tired, I'll walk in. And one of the first things I'll say is, why can't the weekend be longer? Yeah. You know, um, and I think students respond to that.
1: Yeah, you don't you don't go in and say early bird gets the worm. I don't. Chippity <laughs> chuda, chippity Chippity-doo-da. chippity chuda. There what
0: I'm you saying. Go. There's a new drop right there. Chippity chuda. There's nothing you can do with stupid people.
1: <laughs> oh yes. Uh, yes. Oh yeah. By the way, new drop. Today. I've been trying to figure out a place to stick that one in there. There's, There's a,
0: nothing you can do with stupid people. That's a that's good a life one. lesson for you. I like, I like that. that. I like that. That's good. It's true. Chippity chuda. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, being authentic is important, um, and mm-hmm. it's it allows you to reach your students, uh, which I think is really, really important as well. Another thing too, that I think a lot of teachers should be aware of is, um, that student behavior, a lot of times, yes, there are obviously, you know, external factors going on in their lives, but a lot of it is the product of the classroom, right? The right. way you manage your classroom will change the way the students behave.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and that's why I stop talking over students. Because right. if if you talk over students, I think a lot of students will think, "Oh well, he's just going to talk over me. I'll just keep talking." Mm-hmm. But if I and lower the volume, a, mm-hmm. oh You're
1: good. yeah, sorry, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> but then also in addition to that, like it's just not like a like almost, I don't know what the right word is, but it's like a, not a good look, at, like as the teacher to be fighting with the students right. like that for for, right. for speaking time. <laughs> and, and honestly, yes, class time is valuable. There's no doubt about it. I
0: wish mm-hmm. I wish my lessons here were longer than 45 minutes. Um, but the thing is, I think if you really want to be respected by your students, sometimes you have to sacrifice a little bit of class time and just say, all yeah. right, well, you guys are, I'm not going to speak until you're done talking. You yeah. know, or make yeah. eye contact with them and things like this. Um, the other thing that I've really learned while being here, and I think this applies to not only teachers, but all walks of life, um, get to know everybody. I love the fact that I can go into my school. I mean, sometimes I feel like a broken record. But, you know, there's people I'm saying, "dobri den, hello, ahoy, Mm -hmm. to everybody at school. I know everybody. Everybody knows me. It's great. It makes me look forward to, you know, I'm a social guy. It makes me happy going into that environment knowing. I have all these people I know, a lot of these people that I know, even more than just on a hello basis that I really like. I enjoy talking to them being around them. And I think that also, as a teacher, gets you in a positive mindset to get ready to, ready to teach. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. No, I, I totally understand what you mean. And other things come out of that sort of positive mindset. Like, isn't one of those people you say ahoy to or dobidi every day, the one that drove you to Dresden with uh, David? Right. They're, and so there are friends people basis. respond people mm-hmm. respond to that right oh definitely and um and, and and this is something i struggle with but like you're not you're not doing yourself any favors by not getting to know the people that you're around the major- more than anyone really right uh right. and 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 so it's 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 only makes it easier to go to work if you're if you uh you know there's 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 one thing to Not minding the people that you're around, but there's another thing to having like a relationship with them. Exactly. And I struggle to figure out where that line is of the relationship. It's difficult. Because I I, I sometimes get a little uh, nervous about getting a little too friendly, you know? Sure. You know, but,
0: well, and this also kind of goes into teaching a little bit where it's better to, you can always start off a little bit more distant and then Mm -hmm. move closer to the friendship. It's the same thing with managing a classroom. It's easier to start as the authoritarian and ease up, you know, as the semester progresses instead of being all the students' friends and, oh, he's such a cool guy. And then, you know, the next day, Monday rolls around and then, you know, it's like you're a drill sergeant. Um, the students won't <laughs> right. respond to that. It won't, it won't go <laughs> over for confusing. anyone. Well. Exactly. Yeah. See, and that's my problem is I tend to... Here's the thing. I like to give students and people in general the benefit of the doubt. So what that means yeah, is
1: I know. it's really annoying. Right. And, and and I probably shouldn't a lot of times. Um,
0: and so yeah, so so you have to find that line, but it's definitely yeah. easier to start more strict and ease in as the semester progresses. And mm-hmm. the, the the last two things I want to mention um, are ask questions. What I mean by this is when you find out something about your students, ask them questions. You know, ask, I I love I love to ask on Mondays. What did you do during the weekend? And a lot of the the time, it's the same thing. It's, oh, I didn't do anything. I played video games all weekend, whatever. But, you know, sometimes especially, you'll get students who don't talk as much who might add something that you don't know as well. And when they add something like, oh, I actually went to, I'm trying to think of an example here. Oh, I went went four-wheeling in the mountains with my family. You know, there's so many questions. Yeah, yeah. There's so many questions you can ask. You know where did you go? How long have you been? You know, riding on a four wheeler? Do you are you in a motocross? You know, there's all these questions you can ask. Mm -hmm. And what I've noticed is when you when you do this, those students who are a little bit more quiet will open up because they because you're showing genuine. Once again, we're going back to the genuine interest thing. You're showing genuine interest, and I think if people if people think you care about them, and if they think that they have something to add a value. They will add it. But if they think, "Oh, he doesn't care that I went four wheeling.
1: It's stupid. No one needs to hear mm. it." They're not going to say it. It's simple as that, dude. That that uh that sort of thinking runs through my head all day long with everything I do. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No one else cares. Who cares? Like not who cares, but like no one is is that interested in in what I have to say or what I am doing, and not and not even in like a um. I'm not doing anything, like, like, not even in a negative way. To, well, it is negative to myself, but I don't really see it as negative to myself. But there is this sort of constant thing where it's like, you don't have to bring that up. No one's that. No one really cares. Right. Or, like, it's just like you're not that – it's not that interesting. I don't know. Exactly. Yeah. But, hey, look in the mirror
0: tomorrow morning, Jared. You are smart, you are beautiful, and you are important.
1: All right. That's, That's all you right. need. Can you think of – thank you. Um, Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) I'm really trying to just take that. Uh, Can you think of any sort of like, um, you know, everyone can probably think of some moment maybe when during their childhood or some moment where they did something that they're still embarrassed about that really probably no one else remembers. Mm -hmm. Can you think of any specific sort of teaching ones where you're like, that's a mistake or a moment I hope I never have to revisit? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean... well, wh- wh- wow, you didn't even have to think about it. Y- you mean me as, me as the
0: teacher, <laughs> not as the student. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. yeah. Yeah, me yeah, as yeah. the teacher. So, mm-hmm. oh yeah, dude. Um, when I was here in the Czech Republic, I uh, wanted the students to do an activity. I call it Find Someone Who. So basically, I show them a list of statements. They have to find someone who that statement is true for, right? So for us, I would be like, is the co-host of a podcast, is coming to Berlin in... A week you know and all these things and these would be questions I would ask you if they're true you say yes you sign my paper right it's like a little mm-hmm. autograph game well I explained it and I thought I explained it very clearly and then I told the students all right so talk to your classmates and I gave them I think two minutes and they all sat in their seats and talked to the people next to them so they still did talking which was fine but the whole point is to get around and mingle Right. and get other answers. And then like, like a minute went by and I'm like, why aren't they moving? Like what's going on? And then I was like, you know what? I must have not explained it properly. And yeah. so that really made me a lot more conscious about you have to really think about every word you put in when you explain something. When you explain the activity, the rules of a game, whatever it may be, it's important to be clear. And I always like to also then do an example. So if you were in my class, Jared, and you were singing... I like to pick on people at the front row and in the back. Mm. And so in the, if you were sitting in the back, which I know you do probably me. would be. Um, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> I would I would say, all right, so if I was working with Jared for this activity, I would ask him this question. If it's true, he signs it. And then I should ask him a follow-up question, right? Mm-hmm. And so when you do that, that also kind of models how you do the activity. And that's really, really useful. Um, but that was, that-, that was kind of embarrassing where I, I like looked at Looked at my my colleague who, you know, I have the Czech teachers in the classroom with me in case anything goes wrong. Um, mm-hmm. Even though I'm usually the one teaching, actually teaching the material, they're just there. And it's really funny. I like made eye contact with my Czech teacher and we both were kind of like, what's what's going on? We thought this was clear what they were supposed to do. <laughs> so it was kind of funny. As,
1: as someone, that makes sense though, because like you as someone that is essentially explaining a made up game, at least mm-hmm. in their eyes. Yeah. And so say like any sort of game that you don't know how to play, if, like, you can't really, you know, sometimes when you read instructions for a game, you're like, this seems obvious. But at the same time, the instructions can't assume you know anything about the game. Right. And so when you're explaining right. that to students that are, I know, and on top of that, are not native English speakers, mm-hmm. you have to, you know, there's, I'm sure there's a lot more thought that has to be put into, you know, there's, there's a line between sounding condescending and explaining something. And maybe sometimes you might have to go to the side of sounding condescending, even though this is how instructions would be explained in any language. Right. You know, that's just how it is. And maybe that's just, you know. Exactly. Exactly. And the other thing,
0: too, when you're a teacher, don't be afraid to go out on a limb and try something new. Try something... It may crash and burn, but -hmm. I think it's worth a try. And you can learn something from it. Your students will probably learn something from it. Um, And a lot of teaching is really trial and error. You know, you can... You can buy a textbook. I have a book um, that has like, I think it's either like five or 700 activities for the language classroom. Something crazy like that, right? Um, Mm -hmm. But the beauty of being a teacher and especially a language teacher is you can always, you know, kind of pick and choose and modify and change. And so the great thing about trying something new is, okay, with this class it might not have worked, but maybe if I tweak this little thing or if I do this. So don't be afraid to experiment and try something new. Um, whenever you're teaching. And I think it's very easy to become comfortable. You know, the students like these activities, X, Y, Z works. So you always want to do that. But I think everybody needs a change of pace. You know, it stimulates the brain. It's it's just very important to do. Um, And the last thing I want to mention is um, I have a firm policy. I didn't do this in graduate school, but I'm doing it now. I only work on school related things for the most part when I'm at school mm. Sundays, I do some lesson prepping, but I don't spend more than forty five minutes
1: oh that's good that that takes that takes discipline though yeah. that means you have to actually work when you're at work exactly, but I think it's worth it. It pays a lot of I, dividends i i have i've I've been friends with a lot of teachers, and I know a lot of teachers that that tend to not do that right and he, and, and, that, and, and, and then then. And teachers, you know, it's so funny that, ironically, teachers seem to be, like, like in my head as far as procrastinators go, some of the biggest mm-hmm. procrastinators. Sure. Yeah, they can be. I, <laughs> I can be a procrastinator, no doubt. Um, but, yeah, I think it's good
0: to just leave the work at work and home is home. Um, mm-hmm. And the, the other, I guess one other last little <laughs> tidbit is, Have fun. Your students know when you're having fun and when you're interested. Obviously, this won't happen with every lesson you teach. But usually, the more fun you have, the more fun the students will have as well.
1: And even if you're not having fun, uh, care about what it is you're teaching about. I think if if you're not Mm -hmm. having fun, students can tell when you're interested in what you're teaching. Oh, definitely. Without a doubt. So it doesn't have to be fun, but it's still, you know, you could still be, you know, know, engaged. Right. And if it's a topic you don't know very much about or you don't care much
0: about, um, use the students as your inspiration. What I mean by this is, you know, I've had to teach lessons on car parts and stuff. Frankly, I wish you could have flown over here and taught those lessons (laughs) because it would have been great. Um, But, you know, I don't know very much about cars. The students, to be honest, knew more about how a lot of the car parts function than I did. So right. I took that as an opportunity. All right, today you guys get to be the teachers.
1: Yeah, tell me how cars work. Exactly. So that's smart. That's, yeah. Did you learn? Of course. What kind of stuff did you learn? Oh, I knew. I knew. I knew. You.
0: <laughs> Should have picked a different example. I knew you were going to do this. We talked about um, oh, what is it even <sighs> called? The different types of like combustion. The different uh-huh. like the, the cylinders, four cylinders, right? Oh, the f- four strokes. Strokes. That's it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So we were talking of an about internal that. combustion engine. Yeah. Exactly. We were talking about. Do you know that. what they are? No. Not anymore. I did. If you have asked uh, me this a couple of months ago, I could have. Let's given see an if answer. I. I think I can do it. I think I can do
1: it. It's um, um, uh, intake. mm mm-hmm. Compression, ignition, exhaust. There you go. Sounds good to me. Sounds right. That. But, well, that is right. Good work. <laughs> no, no, that's it was. No, I think about it. That's that's what it is. Yeah. There you makes go. sense. So yeah, so those are my tips
0: uh, for new teachers and some things I wish I would have known. Um, is there any any other questions, Jared? I love all these questions you've been asking me. These have been fantastic.
1: Uh, no, I think that's about it. Um, oh, do you get overwhelmed Did I ask that? Um,
0: well, I think this goes back to the leave work at work and home at home. I don't. That's why, yeah. I don't. You kind of answered really. it. <laughs> uh, <I> will, <laughs> well, that's good. I will say I bit off more than I could chew in the first semester because I had the extracurricular like clubs we were doing. It was just too much. You cut some of those off? I did, yeah. Which so, ones? So now I only – sadly, I cut off the the technology club. One, because the mm. the participants went really low. By the end of the semester, last semester, we only had one to two students coming to each meeting. And, you know, oh, I yeah. was spending so 20 to 30 minutes planning these meetings – yeah, And then, you know, one student would come. So we cut that off. Um, and I was, for a while, I was doing a conversation club after school twice a week. That's now down once a week. So I have, so I'm at the school now until two o'clock, which doesn't sound bad at all for our normal nine to fivers. But yeah. I'm at the school. How dare you? <laughs> I'm at the school. Once uh, again, how dare you? <laughs> right, I'm at school on Mondays through Wednesdays until, or no, sorry, not two o'clock, until four o'clock. Until four o'clock. Okay. Oh, that's so get not in, right. I get in at seven thirty. I'm out at four. And then Thursdays oh, okay. that's Thursdays not bad. I'm done at 1.30 or two. Fridays are crazy. Fridays I'm done at nine
1: thirty five. Oh wow. I assume you mean in the morning, yeah. obviously. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you're just free. Free. Freeze burn. That is great for as far as planning a weekend goes. Because yes, you essentially sir. have a four day weekend every every week. Yep.
0: Or excuse me. Three a
1: three day weekend, not four. I wish it would be four, but yeah. So it's pretty good. So yeah. That's
0: awesome. So I hope uh, I hope you all have enjoyed this and gotten some insight, either as a teacher, as a student, um, or just a normal person like we all are. Uh, so mm-hmm. we hope you've enjoyed. I want to thank you, Jared, for all the really good questions. I was oh, really, really for excited for this episode. Because uh, you always ask <laughs> such great questions. I love I love thinking of questions. You have like good it. ones. Fun. To be honest, man, you would be a good... English no, conversation teacher. Uh, <laughs> With the questions you ask, you you don't... Like like Michael had said a couple of times in our interview on the last episode, like, oh, that's a leading question. Like, you mm-hmm. you ask some solid questions. So shout out to you, my man. Um,
1: I don't think I'm personable, though, like in
0: front of a crowd like that. I think it would just take you... Uh, I think it would take you a couple of weeks, and you'd get into the flow yeah. of it. I yeah, think. probably, probably. Speaking of flow, this is... Uh, Usually flow is used with rap music, but this (laughs) song has a great kind of flow or vibe to it. And it It is by kind of a, how would you describe Jamie Cullum, uh, Jared? I would say kind of like pop jazz.
1: Yeah, I'd say that, yeah. Uh, yeah it's pop jazz I, that's a good that's a good way to describe it um I liked it the one thing about him so yeah his it's the song is by Jamie Cullum called these are the days You chose this one mm-hmm. not that I, I didn't say that for any specific reason <laughs> I was like don't one. put this on me right that's not why I brought this up but the, the one thing I will say about I think I said it more just because then I'm after I say stuff about it you like but anyway um I, uh, not not that I had a problem with his accent, mm-hmm. but his accent specifically is very distinctive. Really, I think so. At least to me, it was. What what's distinctive about it? Well, I have to listen to it again. But like it, it like it just to me, it just stands out for it like very clearly, and it's just like um very noticeable, noticeably not. Not that this is a problem, but it's just very mo- noticeably unique more than anything. I was not going to say not American because right. that's a weird way to word it. Right. But uh, yeah. But uh, it's a very, uh, it's, um, could you almost say he sounds like a British, maybe, uh, I'm not going to say Jack Johnson. Not, but, uh, not
0: Jack Johnson, but you're, I know what you mean.
1: There's someone that, that he reminds me of, and I, I couldn't place it. I listened to mm. the song a couple of times. Jason and I can hear it, but I, Maybe, maybe. I could see that a little bit.
0: I mean, they're both kind of jazzy, a little soulful as well. Uh, okay. But yeah, and I'll, I'll tell you why I picked the song. I picked this song for two reasons. One, we had been doing a lot of American music lately. So, mm-hmm. you know, and our last uh, guest was also American. So I figured, let's oh, go across the, fo- uh, the pond and find something else. And so I've known about Jamie Cullum for a while. And this one wasn't his big hit. Um, he he I, he did a cover of Everlasting
1: Love. Um, And it's fantastic. Everlasting Love. I know I know it, but um, I
0: can't. Everlasting Love. Na, 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 na. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. That one, right? Uh, uh, everlasting. Yep. Okay, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: He also does a great cover of Wind Cries Mary by Jimi Hendrix, actually. Oh, cool. Um, Piano? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's a fantastic okay. pianist. Uh, but the reason why I picked this song, these are the days, is there are days that I kind of reminisce about with my teaching. Like some days are great and you look back mm-hmm. at them with kind of these this fond memory. Some days are not so great and you don't look back at them with <laughs> such a positive
1: um, you know are you uh, like a are you like a nostalgic person? Do you find yourself like a... I, I can be. Yeah, I, I
0: try I think I tend to think more about the future. But occasionally I'll yeah. get nostalgic, um, occasionally. Yeah. But yeah, and this song, I just really love the the piano and the, the drums give it like this nice kind of, I guess, groove. It's not like a groove. dance groove, but it's like, a, gives it a good feel to it. And I, I just really like, I like the, the lyrics. I think they're really good. Um, uh, the the sp- lyrics are my favorite part of it. Okay. And, and why is that?
1: Uh, I think it just, it paints a good picture. And I think it's also it's very relatable for just about anyone that's older mm-hmm. than like, fifteen. <laughs> right. You know, maybe even uh, like fifteen. You never uh, know. <laughs> it's very relatable and um, and but it's also not relatable, but not like spoon fed.
0: Right. Right. It's not a bunch of just cliches over and over again. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Like I love these are the days that I've been missing. Give me the taste. Give me the joy of summer wine. These are can the I, days are you, that bring new meaning. Oh, I feel the uh, I feel the stillness of the sun, and I feel fine.
1: What we need is a, a new symbol for um, for you to stop using the internet while we're podcasting, because I can tell whenever you're using it. Uh-huh. The- Okay. And the only reason it really bothers me, it wouldn't bother me if this wasn't in video. Uh-huh. Because when it's in video, it reflects poorly on me. <laughs> uh huh. Okay. But when it's in audio, I could fix it. But when right. it's in video, then it messes up the video. Because, and uh, I know you like to listen to it, but you, I, I, I need was, a symbol I for you to be like, to can you not? Right. Because I can tell right. when you are messing up the video. That's fair. Uh, but, um,. Yeah, no, I liked it very much, and I'm always surprised by these, like, a lot of the songs that I find for this, um, like, I have songs that are, um, that I used to listen to that are not American, but none that I find that interesting to, uh, to bring up. Okay. But I'm always interested by, like, the, the large, uh, array of music that you've, that you've been aware of for such a long time. I mean, I don't know how long you've known this guy, but... You've had a very international music eight, musical eight years, nine years. That's a good amount of time. Yeah, you've had a very international musical
0: repertoire for a while. That's the that's a big plus of studying music and being around a bunch of other music nerds.
1: Yeah, also, I guess so. That's true.
0: I was looking. I was on Spotify, and uh, because of you, Jared, and because of the untranslatable podcast, mm-hmm. I become a really big fan of Tom Mish, and he has oh, yeah. a, he has a playlist on Spotify, and guess what? Uh, guess what band is there? Oh
1: man, I feel like I should know this. One that you is suggested early on. A band that I suggested early, early. I can't even think of who it is. Ife? No. Um, <gasps> early. On. It's the. It was that. I think it was that song that
0: didn't really have a time signature.
1: Oh, A T O S. No.
0: Okay. No. Then it's not that one. Um, What's what is it? Hiatus Coyote. That? Oh yeah 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 yeah. That was
1: um, Jekyll.
0: That's right. Yeah yeah. And so so I I don't know if it was Jekyll or a different song, but he had some coyote, hide coyote on that playlist. So I thought that was really cool. Came, came kind of full circle, but anyways, for all of our listeners out there, he listens to the pod. He does. He's a huge (laughs) fan. So shout out to Tom Mitch. Tom. But uh, anyways, (laughs) uh, check out our song on the pod, Jamie Cullum, um, days like these, these days. What's the title again?
1: Uh, these are the days. These are the days.
0: Thank you. Check it out on Twitter. Untranslatable one. Uh, and we hope you enjoy it. We hope it'll make you reminisce on some of your days that you've enjoyed.
1: Yeah. I'm not a very nostalgic person either. I, I'm I, I, Sometimes I, I, don't, I don't like to reminisce that often. But this song definitely brought it out of me. Um, we're getting close, Chad. We're getting real close. Yes, we are. It's time I'm for your nervous, check test. But I definitely need to make sure I, I definitely need to <laughs> stay on the ball in these three right. coming days. All right, so so Jared,
0: let's say let's say we're out socializing, and um, you see some people speaking Czech, and you don't want to be that guy to ruin the flow and go, "Mluvite anglicky." Mluvite anglicky. <laughs> so you go up to them in Czech. What, first of all, how would you greet them?
1: Uh, ahoy.
0: Okay. Good.
1: Is that okay? Yeah, yeah. Or you could say ciao. Ciao. Okay. Um, Dobri den is good
0: morning, right? Dobri den is good day, and that but that's that's more formal. formal. Yeah. Oh, let me let me go through let me go through the morning, the day, and the evening, just so you know, because you'll probably hear them. So dobri den is good day. Dobre rano is good
1: morning. Rano is morning. Dobre rano. Damn it! I might just respond respond with dobri den. Uh (laughs) And then you have for the evening. Either um, dobri vecher, which is good evening. Dobri vecher.
0: Or dobro nots. Dobro nots. And that's good Why night. is
1: dobro said like that?
0: Because it has an OU ending. Nots is, I couldn't tell you the gender, but it's oh, that's the see. gender. I got you. That's why it's okay. dobri dan," dobri vecher, and dobre oh. ramen. In Czech, they have masculine, neuter, and uh, feminine, just like they do in German. I got you. So that's why. Right. Right. Um, and what's interesting is the word for dinner is veçeri, which is like, has the word veçer in it, D- uh, evening. Yeah. So it's like evening meal is, this, yeah. is, is mm-hmm. kind of what dinner is in Czech. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. okay. So we're out socializing. You see these people, yeah. you say ahoy. What could you say next? I like that you're, um, you're getting your groove on a little.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm imagining... Uh, oh. <laughs> Ooh, all right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> um... They say, which is, sorry, I, I, I just distracted myself with that. So they say, I, they say ahoy to me, mm-hmm. and back I say ahoy, and then I say, like, how are you or something. Which
0: is what? Do you remember? Uh, I hate using this reference, but what does Borat say?
1: Yakshamash? Uh-huh, Yaksemash. Yaksemash. uh Oh, yaksay, uh I can't remember the second part. Yaksemash. That's oh, it. Oh, that's what it is? That's it. Yaksemash. Oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Oh, okay, okay, okay. mash. that's how are you? Uh huh. Yeah. mash. how are you? And you can. Res- okay, so it is it is helpful that it is. I you know I'm sure, as you mentioned, it's annoying to refer to Barat when right. you're talking about actual language. Right. <laughs> teaching something. But uh, that's good for me to remember. Yeah, I'll, it's helpful. Well, I won't forget it. Exactly. <laughs> just don't go
0: yaksimash. Just don't do yeah. that. <laughs> yaksimash, <laughs> Um Good. And then the way you would respond to that is, I mean, I would usually just say dobri. like good.
1: Dobri. Okay. Dobri. You
0: could you can say fine. How do you say and you? Ati. Ati. Ati.
1: Okay. Ati. Uh huh.
0: What about uh, what about you know the conversation's going well and you're like you know I feel bad that I don't know your name maybe I should ask you for your name
1: mm, I have no idea Yak Oh oh so we yakse 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 nam yakse yam... <laughs> this is a tricky word I
0: guessed <laughs> yakse
1: Oh I I I've heard this I it's definitely a tricky remember word. hearing this before and So uh, the Yaxeyaminue is the,
0: the it's like the do st in German that's the conjugation. Mm. Mhm. mash, so, Yaxey Yaxemash Yaxeyamenuesh what's mash? Uh it's literally like how how I think it's literally like how are you having it? Like M- meet mom is uh, okay
1: okay 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 i got you but
0: it's like how's it going this is uh,
1: it, 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 all the czech people listen to this are are like <laughs> like wow this is the worst czech lesson right. i've ever heard right but yeah so so jakse
0: <laughs> how are you jakse yemenyuesh um, okay okay and then and then it would be say
1: jared for you jart say jart okay say jart <laughs> okay. mm-hmm. uh-huh good Jared, I'm um, going to mess okay. up my own name. Another <laughs> another
0: important question is what is it or what is that? So.
1: So. To. To. to yeah. Soto, yeah. Soto, yeah. What is it? What is that? Soto, yeah. Uh-huh. What is that? Uh-huh. Soto, yeah.
0: That's important one. Uh-huh. And so so just like in German, um, the polite thing to say when you hear someone and you need them to repeat it is you say, Prosim. Right? Like, please, mm-hmm. like, come again. <laughs> um But when you hear Czechs talking to their friends, they don't always they don't say prosim. I mean, that would be like right. if we were talking, I was like, beg your pardon. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know. So <laughs> <Come> they, again. <laughs> so, so you'll hear a lot of Czechs be like, so, which is like, what? Okay. So. Right. So, yeah.
1: Oh, okay. and another thing you can say. Well, what was, uh-huh. before you give me that one, what was the other one you, you said to me? Like, what is it? So, to, yeah. So, so, to, so yeah. to, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay and then, uh, that's why that's why what is so Uh-huh. Uh soto yeah okay. Uh-huh. So is what? Okay exactly. Gotcha.
0: Exactly. I'm, I, I'm, I'm not... trying
1: to do trying to make some connections right. in my head. <laughs> well here I'll give you I'll give you another
0: one with so. <laughs> okay. Um, you could also say so delash. <laughs> so. What so are you de doing? La-sh. So delash.
1: Okay that's like was do machst du? Yeah. Hey Junge So delash, <laughs> So delash. Uh-huh.
0: I think that's, that's good. good. I don't want to over overburden you with check stuff. And actually, right, um, per usual, as you've mentioned, with well, this isn't really procrastinating, but just had a lot more going on today than I thought. Um, I'm going to be getting you and Don that recommendation sheet for Prague. Oh right. Uh, right but right. I'm going to toss some useful check in there for you guys as well.
1: You, by the way, speaking of which, you, you love how uh, my buddy that I mentioned, you know, that recommended the movie to me, mm-hmm. has done more research for this uh, trip than us. Well, until you went to Prague yesterday and partied all night. Right. All right. right. <laughs> <laughs> has done the most research for this trip. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, thank you, Ben. That's right. Big <laughs> shout out. All right. So, I got some teacher jokes. And I hope you're, you're ready. Of course. So, yeah. Jared,
0: what kind of food do math teachers eat? Uh, I don't know. What is it? Square meals. Oh, We're going to continue with the math theme. Where does a math teacher eat their meals?
1: In their algebra. <laughs> that doesn't even make any sense. <laughs> At a multiplication table. <laughs>
0: <laughs> why did the science teacher jump into
1: a lake? Um wh- why why is that? To test the waters. I don't understand the
0: science part of that. I mean it could be any like, teacher. Uh, they they give a lot yeah, of tests. Okay. <laughs> uh, I got you. What do you I call you. a music teacher with a lot of problems?
1: Uh what's that? Sharp? Flat? <laughs> a very <laughs> a very trebled person. <laughs> oh dude. My piano teacher, uh-huh. um so I went to piano lessons the other day mm-hmm. and the lesson was, no joke, two plus hours. Oh wow. Damn. This is the longest piano lesson I've ever had. The actual piano part of it, probably like an hour twenty, hour 30, hour twenty five. Okay. That's a long lesson. Uh, I've we missed last lesson because um we there was a snowstorm that day. Mm-hmm. And she had, she talked for, she told me her entire life, she's donating a bunch of her, she's selling a bunch of her stuff and donating to the poor. Mm-hmm. That's just how she explained it, the poor. Okay. But then she later explained who. She's getting eye surgery in May, so she's not, um, so she's not, um, so she had to c- cancel the, our recital. Mm-hmm. She um, is looking to buy a new piano. She's claimed, listen, She's claimed that she's had two visions from God recently. Uh-huh. She went over to uh, her friend's house and th- essentially cured her depression the other day. During this conversation, she started crying in front of me. Oh, jeez. Wow. <laughs> and, I, and I was just like, I don't even know what to – I didn't say this, but in my head, I was like, I don't know what to do with this. And all I was doing was peeking at my watch. It's like, oh, wow. 8.15, huh? <laughs> Still oh, wow. here. Okay. Let's start at 6. Huh. It was crazy, man. Anyway, sorry. just Speaking of music random. teachers,
0: yeah. why did the music teacher need a ladder? Uh, why is that? To reach the high notes. Ah. <laughs> really reaching with these jokes. That's right. Why was the cross-eyed teacher fired?
1: <laughs> uh, why is that scaring the children? <laughs>
0: because he couldn't control his pupils.
1: Oh, that's even better than my terrible joke. All right, and my last one... Why do teachers fart in class? <laughs> Look at those fart in class? Uh-huh. Why is that?
0: Because they're not private tutors.
1: <laughs> All right, that was good. I just like ended the fact it that it has the
0: word toot in it. It's a great word. You ended strong. That's right. That was the plan. That was the plan. Uh, well, Jared, as per either the last episode or the one before that, um, going completely improv here and uh, coming up with a quote for our pod. And I think mm-hmm. after our discussion about the main topic and everything, I think the biggest takeaway is um, one thing I wish I would have known uh, when I was beginning teaching, and a tip for all new teachers, is simply be authentic, be present, and be ready to ask questions.
1: Yeah. And I think that's something that could be applied to everyone. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Because I, I could use that at, at my uh, my job sometimes, too. Yeah. Most definitely. So there you Ba-da-da. have it, everybody. We
0: thank you all for your support, especially our listeners all over the world. We love the fact that we can
1: reach all of you. Um, I think we're on, what, four, five continents now? We've get, I, I think so. We've, we're getting some new countries. I think Cambodia is in there these nice. days. Nice. Shout out. Uh, we just got for get Antarctica and we'll be good. <laughs> Yeah, we we we, we get, we're, get, we're getting we're uh, we're getting around exactly, and we
0: really really appreciate Argentina,
1: it. Argentina, shout out! That's right, Argentina. Growing, growing as our, well. our region. Yeah, we yeah 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 growing our region in South America. That's right. So we thank you
0: all so much for your support. It's really fantastic. Check mm-hmm. out uh, our various social media channels. Uh, Jared does a great job of managing our Instagram and our Twitter. Um, If you enjoy language memes, you can check out our Facebook page, Untranslatable Podcast. Check out our Instagram for all those pop, pop, poppin' pictures, (laughs) mostly by Jared. (laughs) You betcha. Uh, Untranslatable Podcast. Check out our Twitter for all sorts of uh, shenanigans, uh, witty comebacks, what have you, Untranslatable1. Also, not to forget our Songs of the Pod. And please, please, please send me some untranslatables. My goal is Let to make it all the way to July with check untranslatables. We'll see if it'll happen. I hope it will. So send us an email at untranslatablepodcast at gmail.com. And uh, in the near future, as some of you probably know, Jared and I will be on the same continent. So we'll have a lot of exciting content coming your way, uh, documenting our shenanigans in Berlin and Prague and also in Komotov. So we're looking forward to bringing you all of that. So keep your eyes peeled, everybody. We really appreciate your support. And as we say here at the Untranslatable Podcast, yaku Yehmei.